0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on this Sunday night, June fourth, to the second annual WGBB Tony Awards special. Yes, they liked it so much they've done it again, and we've got a fantastic show for you. It's from nine until midnight tonight. So we're a week away from the Tonys, which are next Sunday night. So here we are in our studios in West Babylon, New York. But but take your mind away from Long Island for a moment and put it towards New York, towards the big city towards Midtown, and all those theaters between 41st Street and 51st Street. Okay, you can throw in Lincoln Center up on 65th. We, uh, I mean, we won't hold that against you. Anyway, welcome to The Tony Show. I'm Dave Lefkowitz, and uh, if you recognize my voice, and I hope you do, although my voice is a little bit ragged because I came down with a cold before the big show, but uh, my better voice is usually heard Sunday nights at 11 on WGBB. And uh, I host a show called Dave's Gone By, which is a mix of comedy and talk and sketches and interviews, all sorts of stuff. But this particular time, I do... it's going to be all theater. Sometimes I do theater on Dave's Gone By. But tonight, from 9 to midnight, we have so many guests. We have so much good stuff to do, including a bunch of critics calling in who are going to give their opinions and their picks of all the different Tony categories. Now, these are the people in the know. These are the folks who see all the shows, all year long on Broadway. So they have insight and they have their own very, very strong opinions as you well know, of what should win, what should not win, what should never have been nominated, and what they're so sad never got nominated. We've got people like Roz Friedman, a Connecticut radio critic. We've got uh, Simon Saltzman, who is the president of the Outer Critics Circle. They had their own awards a couple of weeks ago. Jeannie Lieberman, uh, another fine critic with a website called theaterscene.net. We have Charles Gross, who's a television critic on a show called Two on the Isle on Manhattan Cable TV and my guest host in the studio, Jeff Goodman, who is also the co-host of Two on the Isle. Before I I welcome Jeff, though, our other big, big special guest, calling in, I think in the 10 o'clock hour, will be a Tony-nominated actor, the one and only Danny Burstyn of the Drowsy Chaperone. So I'm really, literally, as I'm saying, I got goosebumps. A, because he's so funny in the show, and B, because we actually have like a a semi-star type person. Can't believe it. I'm so proud. I want to thank also uh, Tom Ross, the program director for GBB, Jeff Lowe, the station manager for WGBB, and a little nod to uh, David Hinckley of the Daily News for giving us that mention in uh, Saturday's paper. Thanks so much, Jeff Goodman, my co-host from Two on the Isle here on the GBB Tony Show. How are you? Very good. How are you, David? I'm, I'm besides the cold. <clears throat> besides the cold. Besides, it gives me a nice. Besides sort of being halfway to death, how are you? <laughs> Oh, I—I I, I was only halfway to death during the Suzanne Summer show early this year. I—I <laughs> <laughs> may be parts of a Otherwise, I'm all right, just congested. So you may have to occasionally take the reins a little bit if I get a little cloudy-headed or muggle voice. Do you think it can do that, Jeff?
1: Oh, uh, possibly.
0: We'll see what we're discussing. It depends. <laughs> well, depends on the category. Well, but let you know
1: me. what time it is.
0: It's. Brunch time for the Tonys.
1: <laughs>
0: you, do you always watch the Tonys? Or are you a big Tony fan? Big Tony? Always, always. Yeah. it's it, Me and a, yeah, a quarter hog and us, you know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what
0: is your most memorable Tony moment that you can, uh, can think of oh, for you? Oh, God. Oh, I have no idea. I know I should have prepped you on the question, but...
1: Yeah. Well, I loved last year with Christina Applegate. That was just, like, the best. Tell everybody what... Tony... When, when she... Well, she was on the road preparing for Sweet Charity... And the story is that she broke her ankle, was it?
0: Well, she did broke her, break her ankle, yeah. yeah.
1: And she broke her ankle, and then they weren't sure if the show was going to come to Broadway or not. It finally did, and so, of course, when she was the first presenter on the Tonys last year, and she tripped into the pit, or
0: some sort of hole in the stage, so which was hilarious. Very clever gag, yeah. Okay, um, speaking... I was gonna say, No, I, that's a terrible segue. I was going to say, speaking of clever gags, but no, I'm not doing a clever gag here. We're going to have a song here. And then we're going to get our first phone guest, your co-host, Charlie Gross, on the air. But first, how lucky we are. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. Um, we have, it's, a, it's not a Broadway song, but they have revived this year a very popular review from a few years past called Jacques Brel is Alive and Well and Living in Paris. And they, I don't think they have a CD out yet, but I figured this song, considering the fact that we're going all the way until midnight, would be a rather appropriate way to start our little, our, our big, our delightfully big Tony Awards special. Here's from uh, Jacques Brel is alive and well, living in Paris. He's actually, actually not. Well, no, he's dead and buried in, and I guess, in Marseille. But No, in Tahiti
1: or something like that. Really?
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, even so, we can still play the song. Okay. <laughs>
3: We're always dancing when the music plays Join us now, we're on a marathon Dancing, dancing through the nights and days We must dance because the twenties roar The twenties roar because the that touches gin. dee o do and the road to thin The road to whoopee and a whole lot more Charm-A-Limber, tons of confetti M.C. Tommy's echo and then we'll be black, 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 Monday Tomorrow. and the market's strong fast We keep on dancing and we won't fall marathon. marathon. Marathon, 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 join us now, we're on a marathon, we're always dancing when the music plays, join us now, we're on a marathon, dancing, dancing through the night and day. We must have about the dirty screen, the dirty screen, of the horse and ride, More than any lips, any And my mom beat while we keep on dancing, dancing on and on. Marathon, 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 marathon,
0: marathon, marathon. marathon, marathon, marathon. Yes, it is a marathon here. And we are dancing through the Tony nominees again. That was not a Broadway song. That's an off Broadway song from the original Shock Braille cast recording. And I, David
1: was dancing.
0: I, I was dancing across the room. Run- I was dancing across the water like Cortez, which is
2: <laughs> is
0: a non-theater song that only non-theater people would get, I guess. But I, I had to do it anyway. We have a special guest on the phone who is the co-host with Jeff Goodman on a Manhattan cable TV show called Two. On the aisle that airs biweekly, I think on Friday nights, Charles Gross will tell us all about it. Hello, Charles, you there?
4: Good. Oh Oh,
0: I'm good. I'm good, Charlie. How are you feeling? You were you were under the weather this week, also, weren't you? Uh, I
4: was. I actually, I'm getting over a cold. I hope I uh, hope you didn't catch it. Um, but uh, I'm feeling. Yeah, he got a it from you,
0: Charlie. It's all your fault. That's right.
4: <laughs> well, Jeff always likes to blame things on me.
0: Well, yeah, it's a mutual blame game kind of thing, but no blame here. Here, we only have sweetness and light and dissing about all the different people who are nominated. I but see. but, Charlie, just real quick, tell people about Two on the Isle. Well,
4: Two on the Isle is kind of a Siskel and e format, and um, Jeff and I have been doing it for quite some time. It's uh, seen uh, on um, in Bergen County, New Jersey, on a weekly basis. It's uh, channel 99. And uh, it's uh, also seen on Manhattan, uh, on channel... Um, 57, every other week, Friday night, 8 o'clock. And, and people
0: can also watch it and listen to it on the net.
4: You can, yes, yes. By? Um, www.mnn.org, O-R-G. And that's M... It, yeah. M as in Mary, M as in Mary, N as in Nancy.
0: No, no you, no, you just you got it wrong. It's M-N-N. No, I'm sorry, M-N-N. Yes, okay. Uh... <laughs> You're, oh, I, I, guess, I, guess, I,
4: I guess I'm guess guess I i still uh, under the weather a Just bit. do
0: MNN for Manhattan's Neighborhood, Neighborhood Network. Network.
4: That's what it stands
0: for. Yes. Oh, well. Charlie, Charlie. We're, we're also going
4: to be on Google. Oh, so did shortly. you get
0: the video Google thing?
4: Yeah, video Google. Oh, uh, tell people about, about the Tony Video You can't see us just yet. Okay. Uh, we were going to have our, the Tony Awards show, which uh, had a special guest critic named De- David Lefkowitz on it. Who's oh. oh. he? Unfortunately, oh, yeah. it had yeah. some equipment oh. malfunctions. Oh. And uh, so I don't know if we're going to get it on this year, but oh. it will be on it will so certainly be next year. Next year you can and, get our um, Tony
1: Awards from last year. All
4: yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> well, when you're doing the 2007 nominees, you can broadcast the 2006 ones. Yeah. Just for comparison. Yeah, well, and we'll probably you know, 2005 And you can see one. how
4: well our predictions panned out. Exactly. By,
0: so by the because, way, speaking of predictions. Unlike yeah. some
4: wimpy film critics, we actually predict onto on the aisle not only who we think should win, but who we think will win.
0: Have you ever tallied up how you guys are doing over the years, what, what your uh, you know, your wins and losses are as far as just predictions?
1: I got more.
4: Um Yeah, you think? I generally do better than Jeff.
0: <laughs> oh man. You really you really are Cisco and Eberting after all these years, aren't you? Well um, thank God you're not, because Siskel's dead and Ebert's got cancer again, but yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah.
3: Um,
0: let's get to some of the categories, shall we? Let's start with the design stuff, get that out of the way early. Not to, not that these are lesser awards or of any kind of less importance. I love these awards. They're I really important. do. You, you, we go to the Broadway theater, not just it's to the It's visual system, to medium. It. Right. You can become part of it if the set is good. So, let's well, start the with... Prob- the problem
4: yeah. with, is with things like lighting, set design costume design, you know, you don't notice them per se, and that's that's a good thing.
0: Depending guess, on the especially show, yeah. if they're
4: done right, you don't notice them.
0: Well, like... Um, well, not
4: necessarily.
1: Set design you notice.
4: True.
0: And it also depends. Like um, if People would not them. have noticed, let's say, the Awaken Sing set Correct. so much, except for the fact that it becomes, over the course of the show, it slowly becomes dismantled and pulled off into the flies until you, there's no home set anymore. Some critics found that really impressive and, and part of the importance of this revival and others said no it was too distracting it was a it was a director slash set designers oh, thing it, it, that it, it took it away it just like didn't a period the play.
4: tends to have a better chance because you know they can do something different if it's like a modern play they'll just think oh well they slapped together you know some clothes when you know went to sears got that's
0: and, not true because no, didn't, didn't you say say it see was. rabbit hole
4: but but this which yes, had the best set
0: design this year, I think. Well, Wait, wait. Why, do, why did Rabbit Hole have Because that's nominated. Rabbit that's, Hole, um, first of all, John was, Lee Bailey. had
1: John Lee Bailey, who's I think is
0: brilliant. And they had
1: a, a brilliant set design, which was on three turntables that turned simultaneously and created an entire house. And it was just visually stunning. And the way they moved from room to room and the rooms actually moved. Right. But the
0: houses were verite. They were all looked absolutely real. So it wasn't oh, an yeah. imagination thing it was creating, but it was totally um. Well it was different rooms from the house, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: But I mean it was it was just brilliant the way that set moved. So that and would how be, the set yeah. changed.
0: Would that be your choice for absolutely. among the, let me read the nominations by the way there. For set design of a play, John Lee Beatty Rabbit Hole. Bob Crowley for the History Boys, Santo Loquasto, Three Days of Rain, and Michael Urrigan, as we said, Awake and Sing. Charlie, what are your thoughts on on that category?
4: Well, <laughs> me. of course,
0: Three Days um, of Rain did like
1: rain the on
4: the audience. So. Exactly. Well, well I, I actually did like the set for Three Days of Rain. I think it did um, convey the feeling of uh, of the show. So um, I don't think Three Days of Rain is going to win because a the show closed and because everyone is so down that Julia Roberts no, I think kind it's of gave a standard TV. performance instead of a brilliant performance.
0: Right, but we're just talking about set at this point. Right, um,
4: well, but again, I think it ties in because people are not, um, unless you've got, uh, you know, a Lion King or a Chitty Chitty Bang Bang or, uh, you know, a Mid Saigon with a helicopter, people are not as aware of the set as they are of other aspects. Even,
0: even Tony Voters, who should be a little Tony, more.
4: Even Tony Voters. So uh, you know, a show like Rabbit Hole, which is closed and it's kind of off people's radar, probably you know, even if you totally agree with Jeff, and you know, I like Rabbit Hole quite a bit. I like the play as well as the set. Uh huh. But I think History Boys, which is kind of sweeping everything, or seems to be sweeping everything, that's you know, getting you know, the scuttlebutt is that that's the show that will win this year.
2: But the so set? that
4: was gonna... a terrible set.
1: It what? had projections and it had it had. Um... Well, the a projections were
0: there to keep everything moving and trick not, everything that's up between really scenes. Part of the
1: set. Mm. Projections are projections. Right. Just like there's no award it, for um, for um, sound design.
0: And, mm. yeah. I've, I've also heard complaints, and, and even I was fairly centered towards the front on History Boys, but I've heard complaints of people sitting on the on the far sides that they really feel, oh, yeah, among them, you, Jeff. Yes. So that, that is a function of set design, too, if whole parts of the audience... Either see the backstage area or feel sort of left out because the skew mm-hmm. is really for front and center and perhaps for a smaller theater. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let that again, one go. But <laughs> again, History
4: Boys seems to be the it show this
5: year.
0: What about musicals? Let's go with set design for musicals. John Lee Beatty again, he did the Color Purple set. Uh, David Gallo did the Drowsy Chaperone. Derek McLean, the Pajama Game. And Clara Ziglarova for Jersey Boys, again, for set well, design.
4: Personally, mm-hmm. I think any time you can get a musical coming out of a refrigerator,
0: <laughs> that's worth
4: something. Which, Very which nice is to why try. my my choice would be The Drowsy Chaperon. Just how they open up this apartment into this nineteen, this this twenty, this uh, this you know yeah, New yeah. York, presumably a New York City apartment, and suddenly it becomes the set of this er uh, you know uh, early twentieth century musical. I just love that.
0: Jeff, any thoughts on that? I,
1: I liked. I thought it was the most creative set for sure. Well, yeah. that
0: should mean a lot, actually. Yeah.
1: Well, no, but it's also does a set work. Like for Jersey Boy, I like the set also because it was very functional. Yeah. Jersey Boy covered a lot of little areas, and the set design had to be so perfect because you had to realize where they were. They they were in a, they were in, um, auditoriums. Well, they were in. They were in, in cafes, they, like, were, yeah, they were driving alone. into
0: Passaic somewhere, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: So, I, the prisons, I mean, it had, hmm. you know, and it was, I thought it was kind of a big metal monstrosity myself, but... Well, prisons would be. But yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean... Yeah, I, no,
0: okay, so is, would Jersey Boys be your no, choice,
1: No, I, 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 <laughs> I agree with
0: Rousey Chaperone. Oh, Chabron. Jersey Boys is fun, yeah, I mean, out of the of fridge and, and... And it's colorful and it shows off. Any thoughts on color purple? I mean, people are sort of disregarding it just because we were so bored by it, but <laughs> on the set, I don't even, you know, no offense, yes, but I don't remember the not, set.
1: There they were a lot of trucks for the set, you know, the pieces that come in and out. Uh-huh. It was like a lot of shanties and, you know. Yeah.
4: Well, that, that was a good set, and I, and I for one, was not there was bored, a lot of purple bored with the show. Oh,
0: okay. Well, actually, we'll get the best playing musical okay. hopefully before the segment, segment ends, so let's, let's do the design things, and then we'll quickly weigh in on, on the big stuff. But costume design for a play, Michael Crass, The Constant Wife, Santo laquasto, A Touch of the Poet, Catherine Zuber, Awake and Sing, and once again, Catherine Zuber, for Edward Albee's Seascape. Let, let's, Charlie, let's let's go with you first.
4: Okay, well, um, I think all these shows have closed, haven't they?
0: Yeah, mercifully for a couple. No, Awake well, and Sing. No, Awake no, and Sing right? is actually extending, I think. Okay, yeah.
4: uh, well, alright, so Awake and Sing is open. That That kind of gives it an advantage. Shows that are still running Tend to be looked on more favorably, whether they deserve it or not. However, in this case, I think uh, the giant lizards in Seascape will yeah. uh, get, get the Tony. Yeah. From his, uh, well,
1: that see, that's a t- this is also a tough category for her because she's. She's nominated for a show that's open and a show that's closed. And the better costumes are really for the closed show, mm-hmm. but
0: it may split the votes. Well, but then again, I mean, you can't put a lizard in Awake and Sing. I mean, you can't. is it right. better, is it better if, if they could design all well, the they family were, they were really
1: lizards? The costumes were very, very good in Awake and Sing, uh, in, um, in Seascape. Mm-hmm. There, were four, there were only four of them. Right. But, yeah. you know, I thought that the older couple was dressed
0: very, they were perfect for the, what they were doing. It was functional. They moved well. Do you yeah. think the constant wife has any shot because it was a period piece? No. And those ten, like a movies? No one remembers
4: it actually, yeah. uh, given the amount of Tonys it's been nominated for, apparently a lot of people have remembered it, which is Oh, that was
1: one Tony nominated, and whoever you're are, on i will get you. <laughs> right, a
4: friend because of the Red Graves or something, yeah. Well, Lynn Redgrave was nominated.
1: Right, exactly. Or they were just filling categories. Uh, well, it was a cute revival, but Mate it wasn't was special. was
4: nominated. It's yeah. the
1: roundabout. They have to nominate the
0: roundabout, or the Tonys explode. I told <laughs> you that before. Let's get to the explosive costumes for musical. See, I do these horrible segues. You haven't, really... you haven't told us your picks at all. I'm, uh, I, I don't have time to think about my picks. I, okay. But well, what do I... I think you're kind of right about the Seascape Lizard. I think mean, if they want to give Seascape anything, that would be the thing. Oh, Certainly yeah. not for a set, which is sand, you know. I thought the set was really... It, I was, mean, fine. it was fine. It was what it was. Had, but they
1: had to have all those levels, and they had to have... There was a lot of stuff going on. I thought it was a, I thought it was
0: a brilliant revival. Oh I don't like the play to begin with. Anyway, that's that's other stuff. Costume design for a musical. Greg Barnes, the drowsy chaperone, Susan Hilferty for Lestat, Martin Pacladingas probably mispronouncing that, the pajama game and It's tackle Don't you remember when Dame Edna gave him his Tony? and just talked
1: over his whole acceptance tongue. It took oh, everything, because she gave a big kiss on the cheek, Ew. and during his whole acceptance speech was his big red lip mark from Dame Edna. Oh, God. She went,
6: El Morton, Pacaldinas
1: Well, was she pronouncing it right? That's, that's, oh, that's probably. From, from well, I, I, I'm using the Dame Edna pronunciation. Okay. okay. <laughs> and and now
4: we has got well, that out of the way, can we decide who's going to get the Tony, or who we think should get the Tony?
0: Well, okay, Charlie, tell us.
4: Alright, I think I would have to go again with the Drowsy Chaperone. Number one, I like the costumes. Yep. Period. It not only has to uh, be reasonably accurate, but it has to invoke the way we imagine a 1920s musical would look. So even if it's not 100% accurate, but it certainly convinced me, you know, no. it, it it certainly created that aura.
0: And also certain postures of. Also, has a also Drowsy changed. Chaperone, like yeah.
4: the History Voice, is the it musical
0: this year. Well, no, Jersey Boys, That's that's uh, there's sort of a bifurcated it in this particular <laughs> yeah. case. There's Jersey Boys, Chaperone came on strong towards the end, but if you remember, Jersey Boys held the year for about half now, a Jersey year.
4: Boys will have, and I guess we'll discuss this later when we get right. to Best Musical, but Jersey Boys is a, re, is a review using non-original music.
0: Right. Well, and, yeah, I know and that. number yeah. one, and
4: number two, it's not nominated in this category, so that's irrelevant. Good point. Okay, well, what about
0: uh, Pajama Game, though? What about the costumes and that? Pajama versus... uh,
4: Game also has wonderful costumes. But yeah. Actually, this yeah. is one that Color Purple
1: could win. Color Purple has
4: great costumes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are any
4: of them actually purple?
1: Yes.
0: You noticed?
2: Uh-huh. Cool. Good. There, there was a lot job. of
0: purple in that show. So you're I looking look, for these things. I'll bet i bet if you interview, I probably should have asked one of the costume designers to, to be able because sometimes you look at it, you're like, oh, okay, and then they tell you the things that were going through their minds right. and the way the light hits the fabric, and it's like, wow. That's
1: what, that's what I miss about the PBS version of the Tonys. Yes. When they did that. They did that so wonderfully, because they interviewed all, the, all the, the minor Tonys,
0: as it were. Right, it mean, I mean, was I mean, so a pre-documentary, but you really got insight sometimes. Oh, what a good word, pre-documentary. Thank you. Thank that you really so much. Good. Let's get to some post-lighting design for play. Christopher Ackerland for Awake and Sing. Paul Gallo, Three Days of Rain. Mark Henderson for Faith Healer. And again, Mark Henderson for The History Boys. Lighting design play. Jeff can't yeah. see it. I just can't have uh, that award. I, I, I didn't think there was any outstanding
1: lighting. this. Whole, I mean, Awake and Sing, possibly the... the I mean, there was a history. Boys, it depends. Are you going to do the the the, the um what those it? the films? What do you the call the projections? Them? The projections. Is that that may be
0: part of lighting? I don't, oh, I don't, I don't know. know. I, I hope I would assume not. I would assume that I know, but
4: I, I don't think people will include the projections. Um, but My I didn't choice, think... interestingly enough, is uh, Three Days of Rain.
0: Um. Okay. How come?
4: I again. I just feel that the lighting contributed. To the overall feel of the play, it did
0: set moods. I think it was one of the more and, and successful aspects of this not very successful is production. Lighting probably
4: the hardest thing to, to notice in the average play. Yeah, but I think it was subtle enough, but subtle but, effect, but effective enough. Wow.
0: Okay. How about lighting design for musical? We've got the Drowsy Chaperone, Ken Billington; Jersey Boys, Howell Binkley; Tarzan, Natasha and Katz, one of his few uh, nominations, and The Color Purple, Brian McDevitt, Jav. Well,
1: this, I think this is where Jersey Boys shines, because, literally, because, because it does set the mood. It takes that big iron monster, whatever that is, and it really has to create all these different atmospheres.
0: I agree. I mean, I thought the lighting was really part and parcel of the way the thing moved along and just mm-hmm. set these these different s- spaces in time. Mm-hmm. Talk about you, Charlie.
4: I would have to concur.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the one I think where, where Jersey Boys really should win, although I think it lost the drama desk. To another on that. I was pretty... St- oh, no, that was the director. Sorry. Um, it was a Des thing. I thought he was a shoe in, and he wasn't. And also Tarzan's lighting design was pretty good, too. Yeah. It I had mean a lot
1: of good effects. Tarzan had great Tarzan's
0: getting short shrift, but it does some really wonderful things, even I, though the whole thing is kind of a mess. I mean, the whole beginning is t- terrific. Yeah, the the of the, the drowning. Are... We, we have just a little bit of time, so let's get to direction of a play. Um, we've got Nicholas Heitner. For the History Boys, Wilson Mylam for Lieutenant of Inishmore Bartlett Sher, a we can sing, and Daniel Sullivan Rabbit Hole. Hmm.
4: I would give I would personally give it to Rabbit Hole because I really of those plays I enjoyed it the most by far. I think History Boys is the play that will win. Again, partially the history Boys sweep. Partially it is, well, I, I shouldn't say it is well-staged, because we're, from where I was sitting, I had a better view of the backstage
0: right. than
4: I did of the play itself.
0: But I think, I think you might be right about history Boys taking it. And yet I have this, this now that it's receded into memory, I think a lot of the people I'm talking to really dug rabbit hole mm-hmm. and, and, and are appreciating it more, almost, now that a few weeks have passed, and how subtle and well done that was. Yeah. Although, I, I don't know, I'm... I'm
4: the problem, yeah. the disadvantage that Rabbit Hole will have is that it is no longer running.
0: Right. Well, yeah. What about Enishmore? Do you think it has a shot, or is that just shock value?
4: It, it certainly has a shot, and I think I think last year, um, and I'm blanking out on, on the play, uh, was shock value.
0: Oh, uh, Pillow Man.
4: Pillow Man was shock value. I think... Inishmore has a little more going for it I certainly enjoyed it much more than Pillow which I believe is from by the same author yes Martin McDonough uh, certainly uh, you watch the play and you think the author uh, should be locked up somewhere oh but... well well you knew that
0: from Beauty Queen of Lena <laughs> <laughs> pretty much with a hand in the, in the pot Jeff I need your uh, your pick on direction of a play I loved Rabbit Hole I, I'd Rabbit Hole everything uh... <laughs> Let's leave your sex life out of this, Jeff. But anyway, very quickly, Charlie, because we have to lose you. I can ask Jeff later. But um, your pick and prediction for best play and best musical of the year. Mm-hmm. Tony, for for Broadway. Okay.
4: Well, my pick for
0: best musical would be Rabbit Hole.
4: Rabbit Hole? <laughs> we're living in a rabbit hole. <laughs> oh, we're
0: living... Our and child just history died. History Boys
4: <laughs> will win it.
0: History Boys will win for play. Right. And, and, your again, your choice would be for Rabbit Hole?
4: My choice would be Rabbit
0: And what about musical?
4: Musical is a little uh, trickier. Um, you've got some reasonably good musicals. None of them really stand out. Okay, tell out, you
1: love The but Wedding but Singer.
4: The thr- well, <laughs> <not> <laughs> tell
1: him you love The Wedding Singer.
4: I actually did enjoy The Wedding Singer a lot more than I had planned to. Um, however, I think The Drowsy Chaperone, which really, as far as story and score is uh-huh. concerned, really isn't that much better than the wedding singer, if you know, if you break it down, but it is such a Valentine to the musical theater, and it's that, original.
0: I'm sorry, as as Jeff says. Unlike Jersey Boys, the score is original. Right. It may be in an old style, but it is an original thing. So so you would choose Drowsy Chaperone.
4: I would choose Drowsy Chaperone, and I think Drowsy Chaperone will win.
0: Wow. Okay, Charlie Gross, you were a wonderful winner on this WGBB Tony special. Got to let you go, because we've got so much other stuff to do, but you've been great. Everybody catch Two on the Aisle Friday nights on Manhattan Neighborhood Network in, where else, Manhattan. Charlie, have a great one. Thank you, Dave. Bye, Charlie. Bye, bye, bye. Jeff. Bye, Al. A little more music, soon as I hit the right button, we are working our way through the Tonys. yes, we are going through all the Tony categories tonight with a whole bunch of people on the second annual w g b b Tony Awards special. I'm Dave Lefkowitz here in the wGBB studio live with my co-host Jeff Goodman. How you doing, Jeff again this Whoops! Whoops! I gotta put your mic on. Go for it. Okay, I'm doing well, but I
1: just also want to remind people Tony Awards are next Sunday night at eight eight o'clock, right?
0: Um, yeah, they do the whole three hours. CBS goes from eight to eleven, which is kind of... or did they squeeze it into two? No, they do three. I think it's three. Three, which is which is cool. Um, but it ends
1: promptly at eleven.
0: Well, yeah, or else because <laughs> gotta make room for that news, you know. Um, so. That's what we're doing, and we've got great people calling in. We uh, we just got off the phone with Charlie Gross, who is Jeff's co-host, too, on the aisle. We have Simon Saltzman, the president of the Critics Circle, calling in a bit later. We've got Jeannie Lieberman calling in. She runs a, a theater website called theaterscene.net. Who else? Who else is um, going to be mm-hmm. with us? Um to do? do, do, do. got to look through my little notes here. You well, there's... there's I know, and... Well, let, let's go right now with a Connecticut critic. She's a theater critic for WMNR, Fine Arts Radio. She's also written theater reviews about from Connecticut for Total Theater, which is uh, a little website I know something about, totaltheater.com. Check it out. How do you know that one? Hmm. I'll, I'll tell a little later in the show. Okay. And she's also a voting member of the Outer Critics Circle, from which the aforementioned... Uh, Simon Saltzman is the president. Her name is Rosalind Friedman, and she sees pretty much all the shows on Broadway, and she's going to weigh in on a couple of categories, too. Roz, are you with us?
7: Well, I'm delighted to be with you here tonight. I, I don't know Jeff, but I'm glad to meet him, too.
0: Roz, we're old friends. Who are we kidding? <laughs> you probably recognize I know you've seen him, but maybe not just known... I'm literally <laughs> around.
7: <laughs>
1: I,
0: lost. Well, I How- just
7: want to add that I'm on the. I'm a new member of the executive nomi- board and the nominating committee for Outer Critics. Woohoo! So congratulations! I've always seen all the plays, but now I've seen them in depth because I'm. I do not only see them once. I've been invited to see them twice.
2: <laughs> nice. Yes,
7: I, I have to be cloned to do all of this, but it's been a very exciting year.
2: Well, I was especially you
7: had to
1: sit through *Color Purple* twice.
7: Excuse me, no, I did not see
1: the
2: color
7: purple. I thought once was quite enough. Uh, But I did see the Drowsy Chaperone twice.
0: Yeah, I don't blame you.
7: And I became obsessed. Oh. (laughs) But we'll get into that in a few minutes. Yeah,
0: let's do our categories first, and then if there's a little time left over, we'll talk about some of the the overall, bigger, sui generis stuff. Book of a Musical. Um, We've got The Color Purple, written by Marcia Norman. The Drowsy Chaperone by Bob Martin and Don McKellar. Jersey Boys by Marshall Brickman and Rick Elise, and The Wedding Singer, kind of thrown in there at the end, from Chad McGillin and Tim Herlihy. So, Roz, your thoughts on Book of a Musical?
7: Well, you know, the Book of the Musical is the spine of the show. Um, and it, I, I have heard some of the uh, writers speak about how important the book is, and I think this year is very interesting because Marcia Norman, who was a wonderful writer, really had to deal with a very difficult subject Matter in the Color Purple, and I don't think it was terribly successful, um, as, as some of the other shows were.
0: What's missing? Why doesn't the Color Purple, I mean, I think, I'm speaking for all three of us, like it just doesn't quite lift off. What's missing? Because it's not true to the book. It's not true to the
7: book, but it's also too much. Mm. Uh, instead of
2: um, comp- good know, to uh, compacting
7: those, some right? of this, and also giving it more of a black and white Flavor. I don't mean black in the sense of black. I mean black and white in the sense that the movie was much more grim. And this is much more cheerful. It's like, oh, how let's sing and dance about it right. This has been beating stuff.
0: me. Let's sing. <laughs> well, I think they were afraid to make the, the first act so dark. So every time that someone would get beaten or thrown around or insulted, they'd have a happy number so that the audience wouldn't sit there and go, oh, God. Those three women. Seen this.
7: Those three women. I
2: told you you'd do it. I told you.
7: <laughs> exactly.
0: Okay. But, uh, there yeah. was
7: an energy to the production, and, and the audience that I was in uh, enjoyed it tremendously. Um, you know, there were positives about it, certainly, in some wonderful performances. Uh, unfortunately, Lashans, who was one of my favorite actresses, was just swamped in this show.
0: Don't you think? I felt that, too. I mean, I, I thought the actresses came through, but not enough to, like, make us care. You know what it was? There was just
1: too much subject matter. And then they added in that little uh, Lion King moment in the beginning of Act 2. Yes. I mean, which was totally unnecessary.
0: Yeah, and they should have saved it for Tarzan. You know, But, <laughs> <laughs> but then, it's there, it, obviously, the horse race in this is between Drowsy Chaperone and Jersey Boys. Where do you fall on on that, Roz?
7: Well, it's very interesting. I really thought Jersey Boys, and I still think it's an excellent show. And uh, Rick Elise spoke at our Out um, of Critics uh, ceremonies, award ceremonies. He's one of the writers. Uh, Marshall Brickman and Rick Elise. And he really talked about how they, uh, jumped from place to place in this show, but did it in an abstract way and gave credit to the set designer. But also, I think that it's certainly a cut above the Jukebox musicals generally. Uh, because of the story of Frankie Valley and how he rose to fame, etc. You know, there's some validity here. It wasn't but don't history. you think that's
1: a big directorial? It's, it's a lot because it's so well directed.
7: Oh, it's wonderfully directed. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but it's also John Lloyd Young at our ceremonies was just delightful. Uh, he won our Best Actor in a Musical Award, and he spoke so much uh, about the, uh, the thanks he gives to the critics from regional theater, particularly in New Jersey, where he did a lot of work before coming to Broadway. And uh, that, that was close to my heart because, of course, we have regional theater here in Connecticut. Okay. And we give our own Connecticut so, theater. So TV. are
0: you pulling for Jersey Boys, or are, you, or are you thinking of a win, or...? Well,
7: I think if it wins, it certainly would not be a disappointment. I, I tend to feel that The Drowsy Chaperone is one of the most charming shows I have seen in many, many years.
0: And I I love the show too. That's close to my heart. Really sweet. (laughs) Um, No, the Jersey Boys book is pretty fabulous. uh, That's what makes it aside from the direction Mm -hmm. really special. Let's go on to original um, score, music and/or lyrics specifically for the theater. The Color Purple by Brenda Russell Aline Willis and Stephen Bray The Drowsy Chaperone Lisa Lambert and Greg Morrison The Wedding Singer Matthew Sklar and Chad McGalen I'm probably mispronouncing his name and The Woman in White Andrew Lloyd Webber and David Zippel Can I give them you know at least a score thing for for that show which wasn't so bad but but, um Roz It wasn't that good (laughs) Roz your thoughts on score?
7: Well I think the, the star of The Woman in White with the lighting and the set design um you know, that was pretty spectacular, well, even though there really were, were people getting way. sick in the audience every night. <laughs> and, you know, that is a fact, that people actually became ill because of the motion. The <laughs> I design. did, too.
1: It got me very dizzy.
2: Aha,
7: uh-huh, there you go. And there were people that had to leave the theater. I mean, wow. they were, and I, there were women in the ladies' room all over the sink.
2: You so. were really <laughs> dizzy from those projections? I, I loved
7: it, but, I mean, I yeah. could see where that would have been a problem if you had any kind of uh,
0: Wait, you, did inner ear you- problem. Did you love the musical or the look of it, the projections? I'm not clear what. what...
7: I love the projections. I thought they were wonderful, and I I I, I sort of enjoyed the woman in a way. I I don't think I didn't think it was as bad as some did. Me I mean, I I yeah. think the reviews were a little bit so uh, heavy. I mean, I think they were out to get Andrew Lloyd Webber.
0: That was sure. my personal.
7: Pick. I thought they
0: got him on on that uh, Jeeves show. Well, anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> and not to mention what Which was aspects of love. No, oh, God, Jeeves, i slipped slept might through that. What more? I'm, I'm saying, no, I'm just saying that i slept through Jeeves. But um, your thought, again, what would you say they're going to pick, and what would you pick for well, score? I hope that
7: they pick the drowsy chaperone. I picked the drowsy chaperone. Yeah, I had a, a cool. nice interview with Lisa Lambert and Greg Morrison, who have worked on this since 1998. Wow. And I guess they've written the equivalent of three or four scores, because, taking a in and, you know, putting them out, et cetera. It's it's really a very difficult project uh, to write a score and to live with the show for a long time to find the right song. I, this this show just seems to do it for me.
1: Jeff, you agree? I agree, but j- just because of its so its total originality. The whole show is original exactly. and nothing else. Ever, it's not based on anything, and they had to just make up the story, make up the songs. It's actually a Broadway musical.
7: Yes, and I think that is so refreshing. Of course, Bob Martin is absolutely wonderful.
0: Yeah, he co-wrote uh, the book and he stars in it as the man in the chair.
7: Yes, and he just does a, 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 just a marvelous job. Okay. And as far as I'm concerned, the drowsy chaperone would certainly be the...
2: Oh, I know, you know, the wedding
7: it. singer was kind of a surprise. You I thought I it, thought it he had some charms. I think it.
1: everyone expected it to be really bad and would go, Hey, this isn't too bad. It's not as bad as we thought.
7: Well, I think for what it is, it, it does well.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I <laughs> enjoyed the wedding singer, and I hear a lot of people are getting proposed to on stage.
0: Oh, oh. that's fun!
1: They are at the curtain call. I guess I they're doing that, that now instead
0: of saying, "I love you, you're perfect." Now changed. That's been the, the reigning champion of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got to
1: get to. That, through. by
7: the way, started in Connecticut. Oh, cool! Wait, uh, and I would love to say that title.
0: Okay, yeah, I love you. You're, go ahead, say it. Say it one time. <laughs> Go ahead, Roz. I love you. You're perfect. Now change. Well, thank you, Roz, but we need to move on to the next category. You are. Revival of a Play, (laughs) um, Awake and Sing, the Clifford Gaudet's drama, The Constant Wife, the Somerset Mom comedy, Edward Albee's Seascape, excuse me, the Edward Albee something, and Faith Healer (laughs) Brian Friel. Roz?
7: Okay. I have to admit, I did not see The Constant Wife, which I understand was wonderful, but I was not available.
1: Who would you understand that <laughs> from?
7: It was
2: all right. It right, was wonderful. Many
7: people really loved that show. Really? I said nice things about it. Mm. But um, in Edward Albee's Seascape, I found a, an excellent uh, revival. I thought it was very well done. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the text. I'm afraid that the faith healer, I don't know about you guys, I mm. fell asleep. Wow. I found that the, the uh, monologues were very difficult. Uh, I've seen this done before, and I did not fall asleep. For some
0: reason,
7: Cherry Jones just was not right for that part. Yes,
0: yes, yes. I have to say, I mean, I, I, it makes me sad when people you know, diss Faith Taylor as a play, because I've seen it work, and it's a long play, and it's all monologues, and, and I would watch it, and, and I'd tell them, no, no, it's beautifully written. It really is a, a wonderful piece. And I've seen it in small, little productions. And here, there's just not enough movement, and Cherry Jones isn't quite right or believable Ian e. McDermott is fabulous but there's oh, something missing he
7: really lit up the stage and I, I wasn't familiar with his work and I thought it was excellent
0: so Jeff you, what's your revival uh, pick? I, I happen to have loved Seascape also oh I, my I, think God. It's
1: a, I think it's a great show I thought it was a brilliant revival I thought it was well directed I thought the
0: sets and costumes were perfect I'm going to give it to Awake and Sing so well, Awake and oh, sing there, there. was,
7: Awake and Sing is my choice. Oh, oh, okay. I didn't get to that point. Sorry. We, I was working my way
0: through the other shows. <laughs> working my way through Okay, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, yeah, tell us a little more about why awaken Sing.
7: Well, you know, I, I we uh, knew, my husband and I knew uh, Morris Karnaski. Uh, we met him here in Connecticut uh, when he was at the American Shakespeare Theater in Stratford. Mm-hmm. And he was playing the lead. And we got to know him and his wonderful wife, who passed away last year, that's... Uh, P B. Brand, they were the original members of the company for uh, the group theater. And they knew all about Clifford O'Dess and they told us story after story about all the people and how this group came together and Harold Clerman and so it seemed very live to us. And there's a lake in here in Trumbull where I live
2: mm-hmm. and
7: it's called Pinewood Lake. In those days it was called Pine something else. But anyway, the group theater came for a summer there and stayed in little cottages around the lake. And they had a, a theater, and the theater is still there. It's not really used at the clubhouse, but there's a theater in the clubhouse. Okay. And the actors all got together and did their stage exercises there, their theater exercises.
0: Mm-hmm.
7: And... Um, so this play is very close to my heart.
0: Well, that's, that's not quite fair to the other... I mean, if, if you're, you know, letting
7: well, all that...
1: I had a really good experience with lizards. That's why I like <laughs> uh-huh. seascape. Okay.
7: Okay. I, I, I go on to I say that when I went to see to the me. play, mm-hmm. when I went to see this play, Awakening, I felt that it was done with great authenticity. There was a, it's a meaty play. You feel like you're seeing a complete family... Every actor was excellent, and it was wonderful. Uh, the direction was very interesting. I must admit, I saw this in preview, and when the stage set began to lift, I thought it was a mistake. I hmm. thought there might be something wrong we
2: with
0: the We were talking about that before. Until
7: yeah. I realized what Bartlett Chair was trying to do here.
0: And did it work for you when you realized that Yes, you... it did. Okay, yes, cool. Did. Okay, Roz, I'm afraid we've, we've got to move on to some other stuff, but I want to just tell people when they can hear you on WMNR Radio.
7: Oh, thank you. I'm on Tuesday and Thursday at 5.55 p.m. Mm-hmm. On Saturday and Sundays at noon.
0: Great and, and good luck with uh, your your executive ship. What was it for the Outer Critics Circle? Forgive me for not well, the nominating the Executive
7: committee. board, yeah, and, which is also the nominating committee. So we have done our work this year. We are already beginning the new season. Of course, new plays are opening every day. Of
1: course. So, you nominating Tarzan or no?
7: <laughs>
0: that's right. Cause well, it that's the next, the next year. Right. That's exactly. The next year. Okay, Roz, great to talk to you. Thank you so much for being part of the GBD Tony special.
7: Thank you very much. You guys. Nice on. to speak to both of you. Thank Bye-bye. you, Roz.
0: Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, that was Roz Friedman from Connecticut. We've had let's see a couple of critics on already. Let's curve the field a little bit and. Talk to someone who is is a critic, but is also better known as a playwright, and a very good one, and I say this not just because I know him and he's a friend and, and stuff like that. And was me on last week? He was on, as a matter of fact, that last week I talked to Jeff Sweet, who's the author of The Value of Names and Porch and uh, American Enterprise, which was, that was probably his best-known off-Broadway work, although it looks like he'll start having some more stuff done locally quite soon. Anyway... We talked about a bunch of stuff, and towards the end of the interview, I asked him about some of the major categories of this year's Tony Awards and nominations. So here, from last week, for about ten minutes, is Jeffrey Sweet weighing in on the Tonys. Do you still see most of the Broadway and off-Broadway shows? Well, that? I see
8: all the Broadway shows because I'm on the uh, Council of the Dramatists Guild, which makes me a Tony voter. Oh, cool. So I see all the Broadway shows. I get to see a, a reasonable amount of off-Broadway uh, as well. And I'm also uh, writing a blog for uh, uh, backstages online. Uh, cool. So between all of these different affiliations, I usually can get in to see whatever I want to see, and I see uh, a fair amount of stuff.
0: Well, as a Tony voter, yeah. what you're voting for this year?
8: oh well uh i have to tell you that in my opinion this has been a kind of a doggy year okay you know when you think like last year we had four really viable musicals for best musical you know there were four shows that uh, that are still running yeah you know we had four musicals that were hit in one season Wow! that was We hadn't had anything like that since the early 60s. I and
0: mean, they were pretty much worthy hits. I mean, Spamalots, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is delightful. Yeah. Uh, Spelling Bee. What was the the fourth?
8: And uh, uh, Light and the Pianta.
0: Well, okay. Yeah.
8: You know, and all, so all four of them uh, um, are hits. Hmm. And
2: uh, it And
8: was, it was delightful. And they all had their own particular strengths, but you uh, had to parse out which you thought had a better score and which you thought had a better book and which was overall a better production and so forth. But uh, it was really a contest
0: But this year actually We have four musicals That may be commercial hits If not critical ones If you think about the four That are nominated There's there's a possibility there
8: Yeah I mean Jersey Boys Is going to make its money back Obviously um, yeah.
0: jazzy Chaperone Is selling well Because the critics loved yeah. it And um, Color Purple Is selling well Because of Oprah
8: Yeah so you've got Possibly uh, th- three hits there And I wouldn't be surprised If Wedding Singer uh, Ekes through as well Because it makes its so, A it makes its audience uh, happy. Uh, my theory is that Wedding Singer is the show that you go to see if you can't get into Jersey Boys.
0: Mm-hmm. They're both
8: celebrations of uh, Jersey culture.
0: And, and, and if you're coming through the tunnel you know, on the weekend with your parents, that's, yeah. yeah. You, you sound less excited about that crop.
8: I'm not terribly happy about the scores of any of them. Hmm. I, 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 I'm, I'm sitting there... Uh, I, I mean, there's some lyrics that I like in uh, in Drowsy Chaperone, but I'm not nuts about the music in that, and I'm not... Uh, of course, uh, uh, the Jersey Boys doesn't have an original score, right. so they've nominated the uh, uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber-David Zippel score for uh, a Woman in White. I was uh, disappointed in that. I wanted wanted to like it more. but
0: uh, uh, yeah, I don't uh, think there is a score this year that's really knocked anybody. Uh, I mean, as much as people, and, and I had a great time at Drowsy Chaperone, I can't say that I came out of there like from an Irving Berlin musical going... Oh, yeah. You know, it, the score is just part, as part and parcel. You no, know?
8: It's, a, it's, a, it's a very good extended review sketch. Um, uh, Bob Martin is from the um, Toronto uh, Company of Second City. And uh, since I'm a big Second City fan, I'm delighted for that. And he also co-wrote a TV series I love called Slings and Arrows, which is uh, uh, the best uh, series I've ever seen about uh, the theater, which is Ooh. a parody of the Stratford uh uh, the uh, Stratford Festival up in Ontario. They've been running it on the Sundance Channel. It's a very, very funny show. Oh, wow. Okay. So I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of his. And I'm a fan of the, the show, The Drowsy Chaperone, but uh, on some level I'm a little disappointed because um, this should have been an engaging also ran. It should not be, you know, the, the favorite. This is a show that, uh, that's like so many shows that have been nominated or won in the past few years, makes fun of musicals. And uh, we've had so many uh, uh, musicals that make fun of musicals over the past few years, and uh, not very many really good original musicals, you know, musicals that take themselves seriously. One of the things that was uh, pleasing about Light in the Piazza* was that it didn't mock the form. Spamalot mocked the form, mm. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels mocked the form, uh, Spelling Bee mocked the form. You mm-hmm. know,
0: they were Avenue self- Q, Mox, as as well. Yeah. sorry, Avenue Q as well. Oh, Avenue like, Q, you know.
8: absolutely, and Town. and uh, you know, musicals and musicals. Now, most
0: of these musicals, I really liked. I mean, I have to say.
8: But. Yeah, I think you, I think Urinetown has got uh, a, a a pretty tough uh, underneath. It's actually saying something very seriously political, and that show is really much tougher than an affectionate parody of uh, of musicals. It's a it's about how. Uh, We distract ourselves with amusements and uh, and uh, pay no attention. And we are under the illusion that because we support the right culture, that we're doing something. Right. You know. So there's underneath it, it's actually a rather tough uh, show with some some unpleasant things. You know, we we, people who have seen the show forget that yes, the corporate bad guys, you know, die. But uh, in the epilogue, we discover that uh,
0: nobody has enough fresh water. (laughs) Well, not only
8: that, she dies too. So there's precious little comfort in there for uh, for anybody of any political persuasion in that show. It's a very tough little show. Well,
0: I mean, at the very end, the lead character holds up a book of Malthus and says, Read this. I mean, that's,
8: yes. that's yes. brass, the right there.
0: Malthus, yes. <laughs> well, I, I, we have only very, very little time left, unfortunately. So I want to ask very quickly about the plays of this year, and both Broadway and off, and, and, and your okay. thoughts.
8: Well, um I I will end up voting for uh, History Boys because it's consistently witty and entertaining and I, uh, God knows I enjoyed it and I've been following the the guys from Beyond the Fringe uh, you know, Mm. ever since those days. Um, I'm not over the moon about the play because I don't quite believe it. I enjoyed it but I don't quite believe it. I don't believe that because this guy comes in that he all of a sudden turns everything around in the school because they succumb to his cynicism. so,
0: eh, yeah, uh, it's, I, for, the, for me the plays were actually weaker than the, the musicals. And some I like Rabbit Hole though.
8: Well, I liked it, I liked most of Rabbit Hole. I thought that it uh, repeated its uh, effects a little bit. I would have cut the first scene in the second act and taken out the intermission and played it as a ninety-minute one act. Uh, and I think mm. that that that's just my sort of meatball surgery. But every scene was about. Uh, uh, the, the ghost of the kid in the room and how it was uh, affecting uh, how it was affecting everybody and uh, you know how many times can you say uh, we're devastated we're devastated we're devastated or, or, or dramatized that that said I liked it a lot I just was
0: uh, uh, I mean you know God forbid you should ever have to get over the loss of a, I, I imagine yeah. that's what life is for a couple of years Absolutely. after you everything is but the kid in the, the room needs,
8: the needs of drama are different than the, the, the hmm. needs of life uh, it's a uh, Uh, It it took all evening to do what uh, Shakespeare did brilliantly with one speech in uh, King John when Constance talks about uh, uh, grief, walking up and down with her in the corridors uh, the the Mm. death versus uh, Uh, son But I I still think it was a darn good play and I was glad it was on this season Actually the play that I was surprised by because I didn't expect to uh, care much for it at all was Festin which I saw late in its run and maybe when it opened they hadn't found their ensemble but four weeks in, when I saw it, I uh, thought it was just riveting. And I thought that the performances were, uh, were uh, wow. sensational. I thought that Larry Brigman was absolutely cheated of a nomination he should have gotten. I thought that uh, uh, Michael Hayden was uh, uh, about as good as I've ever seen him. I thought that people absolutely misunderstood what uh, Ally McGraw had been directed to do. They say that she was giving an unconvincing performance. She's playing the part of a woman who is trying to ignore the fact Right. Uh, that uh, she's been living with the monster for 30 years and has done nothing about it. So the artificiality is the part. So I sat there with a friend of mine, uh, and we were both uh, dumbstruck by, uh, by what impact it had on us. Uh, my agent, uh, who teaches at a university, sent some of her students to see it, and they all came back, and that was their favorite show of the season. So I think it got uh, kind of... Uh, uh, Bums Rush. I think it's a much more interesting uh, play, and I certainly would have put it up uh, if I'd been on the nominating committee. That would have been one of the ones that I uh, that I nominated over. Uh,
0: well, over well or or whatever uh, else yeah,
8: well, you know. which is.
0: Uh, That's Lisa Kron's play about her mom. Yeah, or yeah, sort uh, of about her mom, mega theatrically. Yeah,
8: which I. As she know, says, I, ten thousand times. Of it, but, yeah. uh, but I thought that the best parts of it were indeed the mom and that uh, the, the other stuff was tend to be either clumsy or a little or a little cute. And Lieutenant of Inishmore, uh, I thought it was just wonderfully crafted, but it made something that, uh, beautifully that I just didn't care for.
2: Hmm.
8: I think that uh, um, this is a M- Martin McDonough has, his guiding aesthetic is what can I do to get at the audience? How can I make them squirm? Or how can I Mm. make them... uh, And he's done this in play after play after play. And uh, I find that slightly juvenile.
0: Well, he is. (laughs) When he was writing these things, he was in his early 20s. Yeah,
8: I know. And this is very obviously sort of, okay, I'm going to try to do on stage what uh, Quentin Tarantino did in in Pulp Fiction. Mm. Uh, Just as uh, Lonesome West was... uh, his response to True West and uh, American Buffalo. And uh, on some level, uh, you know, as well done and as well crafted as it is, and I think Inishmore on some level is uh, one of the best crafted plays he's done. The mock uh, uh, disemboweled the people on stage and uh, all the blood packs that had exploded and all the rest of it. I thought that really he ultimately was not making a point so much as... uh, uh, as, uh, jolting the bejesus out of the audience. I felt uh, very similar about uh, the Pillow Man, although uh, the Pillow Man I found actively distasteful. Oh. Know, I thought it pretended to be about something and really was only about getting a rise out of the audience. I know a lot of people who uh, who uh, don't agree with that and that's that's fine, that's why we have conversations, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh I was I'm not a part of his uh Okay. But, you know, sometimes writers develop. I remember that the, uh, in the early days that uh, Richard Greenberg's plays were very superficially clever and, uh, and glib, and I was not a big fan. <clears throat> and then he wrote Eastern Standard, and that seemed to signal a, trans- uh, a transition. And then after that, he wrote four or five plays that I just think are glorious, you know, culminating in, uh, in Take Me Out. So, mm. I'm, uh, you know, uh, even when he doesn't succeed... Uh, I'm always eager to go to see another Greenberg play because uh, between that and the American plan and uh, uh, a few of his other plays, uh, some of those plays are just gorgeous.
0: Well, that that was the surprising thing about Rabbit Hole from um, David Lindsay and Bear. I mean, his other plays were these kind of audience baiting, goofy, weird, sort of sick, um, trailer-trash fantasy things where, where his trademark was becoming...
5: Uh, wh- wh- what just thing can I do now yeah
8: and, and uh, uh, yes and I think that that's, uh, that represents an advance for him it was like um, it was uh, a Nick- Nicky Silver had a play uh, it was done at the Vineyard and I can't remember the name of it but it was a real uh, a real revelation from him it was such a break in, in what he had done before it got creamed by the critics but uh, I went with a friend who uh, who joined me reluctantly because she was not a Nicky Silver fan either and the uh, at the intermission, we looked at each other and said, uh, "Am I nuts, or is this really good?" Hmm. And we were, you know, tremendously impressed by it, tremendously moved by it. what he had suddenly done. Was found uh, a point of uh, empathetic contact with his own characters, rather than making fun of people's uh, pain and downfall and embarrassments. Uh, he actually, you uh, got a feeling that uh, he cared about the characters for the first time. The the wisdom had suddenly arrived, and that. When, once wisdom arrives, you never go back to writing juvenile stuff. You know, easy, easy jokes about people's infirmities. or
0: Well, I, I still like easy jokes about infirmities, so I still have a, that juvenile streak. But I'm thrilled. Jeffrey Sweet has been with us sharing his wisdom and his theater experience, and I want to wish you best of luck.
8: Well, thank you for inviting me. My pleasure.
0: And it was our pleasure to have Jeffrey Sweet on the WGBB Tony special. Jeff Goodman wants to say...
1: Hi. Drama.
0: (laughs) That's right. We have another caller coming in. Eva Heinemann will be talking to us about her Tony experiences. But we have to do some business first. So stick around. We have two more hours of the WGBB Tony special. Please don't go away. Welcome back to the second annual WGBB Tony Awards Special on AM 1240 WGBB Freeport. Also, by the way, if you're driving along and uh, maybe it's getting staticky or you're coming home and you may live in an area where the station doesn't come in so well, you know that you can listen to us on the Internet at AM 1240 WGBB.com. Live streaming audio, AM 1240 WGBB. I'm Dave Lefkowitz, here with you until midnight, hosting the Tony special. If you know uh, my voice or that name, and hopefully you do, it's because my show Dave's Gone By has been airing on this station since October 2002, and that's uh, an hour of humor and talk radio, interviews, music, all sorts of stuff. It's a little different every week. And sometimes we do theater stuff. We'll have uh, playwrights on, or critics I'll talk to a lot, and I'll sometimes play show music, all sorts of things. Well, this is all theater. We've been here since 9, we're here till midnight for the Tony special. We just talked to playwright Jeffrey Sweet, giving his thoughts on some of the big shows of the year on Broadway. We talked before to Roz Friedman and Charlie Gross. And in the studio with us, we have uh, cable TV theater show host, get that out properly. Jeff, Jeff Goodman. I
1: prefer the word superstar.
0: Oh, Jeff Goodman. So, well, you already have a fan. This is amazing. I'm on the air for <laughs> wait, Nobody Call Nobody cares. Jeff Goodman is on the air for an hour doing the Tony show, and we got a call from Pat of Levittown. So, Pat, thanks for listening. Keep it here until midnight. Pat says she loves you, Jeff. Oh, well, I love her. Oh, see, see, keep listening. Keep listening everybody, because we have more great guests. Because I love you all. There you go. And, he, no, and call in. No, can they call in? Oh, no, not tonight? They can call in, but I really time-wise, it'll be a little bit. If you hear music playing, call in and tell us how much you love us, and how much you love the theater, <laughs> and tell us what show you loved this year most of all. But we, we've got to get to our next phone guest. And by the way, stick around, because at 10.30, we're calling Danny Burstyn. Tony nominated actor for the Drowsy Chaperone. We're so excited! I am. I am. So I, am too. I mean, he's so funny in the show. So it's it's doubly exciting to get not only maybe uh,
1: he'll do one of his it, in a thousand voices.
0: Yeah, I just want him to say what the way he says yeah. You know,
1: what
0: is that? Great. I, I want to ask him about the cats.
1: That's okay. All I want to <laughs> ask. <him about.
0: laughs> well, before all that, no. Let's not let's not you know forget that but we this have a is one of my cat favorite now. people. Oh really? Why, Jeff? Sorry.
1: I love Eva.
0: Eva Heineman. and why do you love Eva Heinemann? Because
1: she's one of those people that you meet in the theater. That she's a character, and she's just so nice.
0: Yeah, you can't
1: help but love Eva Heineman. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Now, Eva also, like you, has a cable TV show.
1: As a matter of fact, hers is on just before us, I believe.
0: So yeah, uh, we'll, we'll ask her. It's called High Drama on Manhattan Cable. Eva, are you with us?
9: Yes, I am, and Jeff, I love you too. I Aww. love you, Eva. I just, and I'm glad you said it was nice, but. But some people don't think I'm so nice.
0: Okay, well, well, here's the deal. Most of the other critics who are calling in tonight are weighing in on the different categories of the Tony Awards, what they think will win and what they really hope will win. And I was going to ask Eva to do that, too, but she stopped me short before I even got started in asking her by saying that she had attended the big cocktail party for all the Tony nominees and also for the press to meet and greet and do their interviews and stuff. So I thought, oh, great, you know, you can tell all these anecdotes and what did they say and how was it? Except you had a really horrible experience. <laughs> so, Eva, the the mic is yours, or at least the telephone is. Tell us when, what was this? It was I'm the dying to hear Yeah, this. what happened?
10: Oh, please bring
9: back Keith Sherman as a press agent for the Tony Awards. Please, at least they understand theater. The, these initial press agents, like PMH, PMK, PMK. HBH, who, I don't know who the hell they are. They're ridiculous.
0: Well, well start at the beginning. I'm One sure track. they'll be happy to hear that. Yeah. Yeah.
9: <laughs> yeah. Thanks for costing
0: me <laughs> all future sponsorship here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
9: These are the opinions of Eva Heinemann and not anyone else's. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so
0: you went to the Tony cocktail party and... It's
9: not a cocktail not party. A cocktail. Okay. It's in the afternoon. It's, it's called a meet the press uh, yeah, Meet the Press nomination. Uh, the nominators Meet the Press.
0: Was Tim they
2: Russell there? sent view
9: at the Merit Marquis, and they do this every year. And last year, these same people with my same credentials let me go up with all the rest of the people. Mm-hmm. So to the view, to the top. And this happened with Keith Sherman, where all of a sudden I was Hassan and Angrada, but they would let me go by the elevators by the view, and I would do my interviewing there, because all the press agents know me. The after- Everyone knows me. I've been doing this for 11 years, for God's sake.
0: That's right. Your show yeah. has been on the air on Manhattan Neighborhood Network for 11 years.
9: Yeah, right right before Two on the Isle.
0: Well, at least it, it wasn't always, but but it is now. Yeah. It is now. Okay. So, it's a
1: great double feature. And, and,
0: and I, you're Yeah.
9: Yes. And I emailed them telling them that I was going to go do what I used to do with Keith Sherman, which is, you know, go by the elevators and grab interviewers as I can if they want. If they say no, fine, no problem. Well,
0: Eva, who are some of the people that you have interviewed on the fly in your Who have past? you grabbed, Eva? Yeah.
9: Oh, um, well, i was just thinking of Alan Bates. I got Alan mm. Bates. Okay. And I got, I've gotten Lauren Bacall wow. in the past. I mean, I've gotten great people. I mean... Richard Griffith, for God's sake, to for like an hour. He is so
0: cool. was that? Oh, Richard Oh, that was this year. Richard Griffith. Yeah, this
9: yeah.
2: year.
1: Oh, did okay. you hear what he did on the 29th of, of uh, May? What? No. He stopped the show. Someone's, oh, cell, phone, cell, yeah, someone's cell phone Yeah, someone's cell phone rang. Him. He hates that. Good he stopped him. the show. Yeah. And he scolded the people. He goes, now, the, the stage manager told you to please turn off your cell phone. We told you it was illegal in New York State. Now, turn off your cell phone. And and he stopped. he goes we'll start it again and he did and in England he actually got people thrown out of the theater for having their cell phones. Good
0: on. for him. He hates it. Oh man! I mean, if I tell you it was, I think it was um, not Faith Hiller. There was one that was really uh, a very quiet show that was interrupted incessantly by cell phones when I went to see it. It was almost literally people were in a rage around this this person whose phone kept ringing and ringing. But, Eva, we're taking away from your story. I'm time. sorry, Eva. So, what well, when you're we interviewing I, Richard... I just want
9: to tell a quick theater rage story on my part. I okay. was a sweet Todd matinee, and these, these women behind me with a plastic bag, they weren't even opening candy. they were just deliberately rattling a plastic bag. I actually physically grabbed the plastic bag with them and almost hit them over the head with it. You slap so, them, Eva. <laughs> you're so
1: right. nice.
0: Oh, I've done such similar things. I don't have time to get into them, but I've, I've been rather nasty to people oh, yeah. who were just noisy. Yeah,
9: even. I, I, and, well,
0: they okay. talk to each other. So, so anyway,
9: oh, I yeah. emailed email PMH, whatever the heck they are, the PM PMK, call. yeah. I I emailed them and told them what I was going to do. I said, if that's a problem, let me know. They didn't let me know. I get there. My cameraman, Barry Liebman, was there. Uh, someone approaches me. I tell them what I'm going to do. They don't say anything. They say, fine, no problem. Then I talked to Mark Ruffalo and Pablo Schreiber from Awakened and Sing. Wow. And Mark and I are discussing Clifford Odette because I was really upset because Clifford Odette's named names, and I thought he was a pig, and that his, his story, he's a hypocritical bastard because he doesn't believe what he writes. But then Mark actually took away my disillusionment and gave me my illusionment back because apparently Clifford Odette said to the House of Un-American Activities, oh, oh,
2: Excuse Eva, me. Please.
9: Darn you. Well... But he said, "F you to the, you know." I'm just quoting Mark Ruffle, He said the same thing, that you know. That's going to cost you, Eva. To the House of Un-American Activities. I'm sorry about that. No problem. And um, maybe that's why I got into trouble too. I guess so. So so we, so apparently, Clifford Odets only named people who already said they've been named. He was proud to be a communist, and he stood up for himself. And I was so happy. We were talking about communism and socialism and all this other stuff. And then he went upstairs. And the next thing I know, a nasty old cop is in my face saying, "Pack up and go." No, excuse me, I say, and they say the clients want you to go. I go, what clients? And he would, and they were, they were the PMH people at the table, and they would not even, he wouldn't even let me approach them. I couldn't even go up to them. They didn't have the courtesy to even talk to me or anything. And I'm like, um, you know, what's going on here? And they were talking about my stupid credentials, which was fine last year, but now for some reason this year, who knows what the problem is? Well, you... Think I'm a you. Eva, you
1: call them up and you quote Cl- Clippardo dates to them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's right. You know, Awaken, uh, you know, and, and shriek.
6: <laughs> Awaken <Really? and> curse. <laughs> but,
0: but why don't you just signal the PMK people and say, hey, what's going on here?
6: Well, I did. Aren't I, they the people who wanted and to they leave? they were,
9: like, afraid to approach me, I guess. Like I said, I, I don't know, maybe they thought I was a communist. I don't know. I don't uh, think that
0: mattered. But you, you need to take a breath on this. <laughs> I mean, I know you're upset. I know you want to, you want to vent on this. But what, what happened when the policeman showed up? <laughs> the police showed up? No, that's what she said. A cop was I mean, uh, one a cop. policeman. Was they he a cop from the street or just from from, from wandering around the, the... Oh, okay, yeah. yeah he was well, a you got attacked
1: by the yeah. Marriott police?
9: The,
0: but the, the man. thing
9: is this, this is thing. <laughs> with T. Sherman, when the security guard, this was not a cop, but a security guard approached me, T. Sherman said, no, leave her alone, it's okay. Huh. He shooed the security guard away and protected me, while these people, they, 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 they
0: attacked me with the cop.
1: Well, so Eva, no, you just got to tell these, these people who you are. They just don't know who you are. Well,
0: well they shouldn't know. She, she sent an email. She said... She yeah. Who she was And what has been the? I guess At the point The police showed up You left
1: It wasn't the police It was the Uh, Well the the
0: police police. No 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 It was a
9: policeman It was an actual policeman A scary policeman With a gun
1: Oh the New York City police Were there to escort you out
9: Yeah
3: Really Yes Give a flower To the big fat cop He takes (laughs) his glove And he beats me
0: up Sorry I just had to do that
3: (laughs) It's true though (laughs)
0: <laughs> but and, what, and, what, So, did, by the way, I, I wanted to ask this uh, when I was talking to him the other day. Did uh, they keep the camera rolling? Was your cameraman taking any of this?
9: Unfortunately, he wasn't, because you know, we, we, we had finished our interview, so we stopped the interview. We were, we were talking about, you know, wasn't that cool, Mark Ruffalo? The thing is, he kept talking to me. I had to shoo him away, because, you know, we were having such an interesting conversation.
0: So what are you He's going really to... an
9: intelligent actor. I really like him.
0: Well, what are you going to do, though, about... You're he's single. Huh. Is he really? Oh, I don't know. Um, I don't even know what that means. Yeah. But. No, but, but so now that the, the, you left, you know, I mean, they they did not beat you up, but they they had a menacing police... Are you allowed back in the mail yet a humiliating situation.
9: Yeah, and you don't need a theater professional, and I gave them plenty of opportunities to deal directly with me. All they had to do, if I was upsetting them, or they didn't like me, or for whatever reason... But what you upsetting? All they had to do was say, excuse me, this isn't working, do you mind leaving? And I
0: would have gone. Well, These that's...
1: Are you sure that that's who called the police on you?
0: Yes. In other words, it wouldn't have been just the hotel doing it. It would have been PMK. No, hmm. no
9: they said... Someone the said the there's a little
0: woman in the... In the, the, the elevator. I mean, with a cameraman, yeah.
1: Yeah. Wasn't anyone else filming there?
9: They were all filming upstairs.
1: Oh, you were you were downstairs on the entrance to the. Theater. Maybe they thought
0: yeah. you were a security risk. Maybe no. uh, you were. You were filming but how come thing? you weren't allowed to go upstairs?
9: I don't know why this year I was not allowed. Maybe because you know Julia Roberts, a swimmer even though they weren't there, who knows? I guess Harry Potter. Did you even there? want to talk to
1: Julia Roberts, really?
0: Well, I like her. I talked to her. We won't, we and won't she go thinks away. the world of <laughs> you, <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> She's a pretty woman. <laughs> so, but Eva, what what are you going to do aside from going on on you know well, the Tony gonna... show and, and saying <laughs> naughty things? What are you going to do? Are you <laughs> writing letters? Are you what? Sue them? Sue them? I say sue so. them. Well, no, but,
9: really. You no, know, what I was going to do was, I mean, because see, I'm a nice person, and I know everyone's busy with the Tony Awards right now, and I don't want to bother people because they're busy with the Tony Awards. I'm going to write to Jed Bernstein, and I'm going to write to Sandra Gilman, I'm going to let them know what happened.
0: Well, I thought Jed was leaving office, like, imminently. He's the head of the League of American Theaters and Producers, and he's stepping down, I thought, at the very yes. end of the season, so you better get him quick. And uh, Sandra Gilman is what? She's, um, who is she? She's the head, head of
9: the American Theater Wings
0: now. Right. Okay, so yeah, they're the folks who co-produce the Tony yes. Awards. I guess we should have prefaced it with that. Well, I wish you... Wish you luck with. Oh, and Eva, I
1: have to have you get on my my little problem too. I have to tell you about a little problem I have.
0: Off, oh. off here. Off right? the yeah, oh. talk about. You know, I want in I want minutes.
1: I want Hound Dog Eva on my case.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. get
1: after him. You go, girl.
9: But I do want to I do want to put in a plug for the Drowsy Chaperone because I do love that show so did much. Did you talk to
0: anyone from the Drowsy Chaperone?
9: All of them.
1: Who did
0: you talk to? Oh, well, tell- Eva, Eva, tell your story about when you saw. The Drowsy Chaperone the first time. Oh,
9: do I have time to tell this? Make it quickly. quickly. Okay, because this is a wonderful story. Um, the National Alliance of Musical Theaters in September put on 45-minute versions of musicals to shop around to the rest of the country. And they had the Drowsy Chaperone. And you're only allowed 45 minutes. But the audience loved it so much that we actually rioted. They had to come in and quell us because we wanted to see the whole thing. We didn't want them to leave. We loved
0: it so much. Eva, you're a troublemaker, you know? So you've, you've
6: been arrested and quelled.
0: <laughs> yes. That's right. Well, I'm afraid we have to quell you now because we've got to move on with the show, but thank you for calling in. And so we love you, Eva. I'm sorry you had that, that, I'm you had that bad experience. So. But I'm sure, I hope you have many, many better Tony and theater experiences in the years to come. When again can people watch High Drama on Manhattan Table?
9: Yes, on Channel 57, Time Warner, RCN Channel 85, streaming www.mnn.org, 7.30 to 8 p.m. It's high drama, 8 to eight thirty, two on the aisles.
1: You have that down. I don't yeah. even know it that well.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, Eva.
1: When am I on again?
0: You're on after, Eva.
9: 8.30.
1: 8.30 every other Friday, is that it? 8
2: to 8.30 every other Friday. It's like a little
0: fever huh. block. It's Our really next cool. show will
9: be June 2nd. And no. you can hear the Mark Ruffalo interview. I've got the Mark Ruffalo interview on my show June 2nd.
0: So fans of Awake and Sing, go see or, or watch Eva Heinemann's show on June and see 2nd. how
9: she got arrested.
0: That's right. The,
9: uh, the, the interview that well, we got her almost arrested. <laughs> the <best>. almost
0: <laughs> the indignity of it all.
1: Yes.
2: It truly
0: is. Well, thank you for sharing your indignancy with us. And, and we I love you. Explain the word there. And we, uh, yes, we love you, Eva. <laughs> um, She's
1: gross indignancy. <laughs> Three
6: degrees of it.
0: Eva, have a great I got one. got
3: the third degree on
1: it. There you go. Happy Tony's. Happy Bye. Tony.
3: Bye-bye. hop I don't warn you about this. I'm going to beat you clean to death. Get my milk. No, well, you throw your food on the floor, you're eating off the floor, you little pig. Get nothing from me, gal. And the next one of you says a word, get tied to the fifth post. Together. Bedrooms
1: upstairs. I say a prayer.
0: Getting ready for the big dog. More dogs, more music, more interviews on the WGBB Tony Awards special. A Taste of the
1: Color Purple.
0: Yeah, that was the color purple.
1: so good, was it?
0: <laughs> well, it was kind of a bouncy one of the more numbers that get your attention. You know, when he says, bedrooms, upstairs, that sounds <laughs> a chill. Uh, <laughs> of the Kingsley Legs singing that, and LeSean's, of course, the co-star there. Let's hear a little bit more Broadway music. Um, or actually, no, let's, let's go for some... Let talk about some Tony Awards. yeah we will do that, we've got Iris Dorbian coming up in just a moment to do some of the featured actor and actress categories. Ooh, good. but let's hear um oh okay let's let's hear an off-Broadway song from a show called Thrill Me." Ooh good. Go figure they made a musical out of the story of Leopold and Loeb. I, mean, I guess they can do, if they can do <coughs> James Choice of the Dead, that basically took me to. Sweetie Todd. Yeah, exactly. So Leopold and Loeb, two killer, sort of gay young men who, who loved each other in a very sick way and tried to get away with a perfect crime, and they did a chamber musical of it, which I think was nominated for a couple of the, you know, Broadway only, um, the Tony's only deal with Broadway. Well, I think that the a critic circle recognized mm-hmm. them for a few I think things. I Desk. may have too. So let's hear a, uh, I have some trouble sometimes with the lyrics of the show but it's, it's, it seems kind of interesting to me. Here's um, here's a number called Nothing Like a Fire sung by Steven Doljanoff and Doug Krieger. Thrill me. Look at it smolder. It's
6: breathtaking. And you know what a little misdemeanor does for me? There's nothing like a warm, romantic fire To put me in the proper frame of mind There's nothing like a roaring, raging fire to help me unwind, there's nothing like the sound of crackling embers to calm me when my pulse begins to raise. There's nothing like the glow of sinking embers to brighten your face. Feel the heat intensify. Watch the sparks begin to fly. Watch the smoke fill up the sky. Straight to the stars, straight to the stars. There's nothing. There's nothing like the smell of something burning, something burning. to start to ignite my desire. There's nothing like a fire.
2: Feel the heat
3: intensify. Watch the sparks begin to fly. Watch the smoke fill up the sky.
0: Clouding the night. And we are clouding the night with the fires of nominations. Oh, I really oh. like that—that's yeah, a pretty song. I mean, not yeah. all of it is quite as as intriguing, but that's a nice number from the Off Broadway show. Thrill me, no longer playing, but it ran for for a bit. Uh, the Leopold and Loeb story. We have. With us on the phone, Iris Dorbian. She is the Editor-in-Chief of Stage Directions Magazine. And she's going to talk with us about the featured actor and actress categories. Hi, Iris. How are you doing?
11: Hi, Dave. How are
0: you doing? I'm great. I'm great. Hi, Iris. Uh, Oh, and Jeff Goodman is with me. I'm sorry. Sorry, Hi, how
11: are you? Really, um, I had a chance to listen to the score for Thrill Me, and I I really enjoyed it very much. Um, Enjoyably dark.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> as opposed to, like, Lestat, which is just... <laughs> not enjoyable. <sorry. laughs> not enjoyable um, featured actor in a play. We've got Samuel Barnett, the History Boys. Um, actually, Jeff, can you can you read these? My voice sure, is Sure, right. sure. We have uh,
1: Do- Dom...
0: Oh, sure, give me the top <laughs> Dom-,
6: Dom Hall?
1: Domno Gleason. Domno Gleason for the Lieutenant of Inishmore. Ian McDormand for the Faith Healer. Mark Ruffalo for Awake and Sing. And Pablo Schreiber for Awake and Sing. Iris, Iris, discuss.
11: Yes. Okay, who do you think?
1: <laughs> who do you think, and, you think and why?
11: Uh, isn't Ian McDermott also? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it's going to be between Samuel Barnett and Ian McDermott. Okay. I, I think it's between them. I think um, I,
1: I agree. I, but I, do you think that History Boys will give that give it the push for Samuel Barnett? <sighs>
11: I, do. I mean, the, the drama does gave it to Samuel Barnett, but that's only because Ian McDermott. I don't think he was nominated, was
2: he? Um, no, well, no, it didn't open. Yeah. Oh, re-
11: oh, okay. <sighs> Honestly, I think maybe Ian McDermott might have a push just because he's more well known. Um,
1: and he gives such a brilliant performance.
11: Yeah, he, he is quite wonderful. And Samuel Barnett, you know, it, it gives a very memorable turn, you know, as the, the history boy who is, um, who's, whose life is destroyed.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, uh, let's go to featured actress in a play. Sorry I have to rush through these, but we're, okay. we're a little time crunched. Tyne Daly in Rabbit Hole, Frances de la Tour, The History Boys, Jane Hudichell-Well, Alison Pill, The Lieutenant of Inishmore, and Zoe Wallenmacher, Awake and Sing.
11: Okay. Um, I thought that Jane
0: Hudichell? Hudichell. The... Howdy-shell,
6: I think. <laughs>
2: yeah.
11: Howdy-shell. howdy um, I think she's wonderful in, in as the mother in well, mm-hmm. but I think it's going to be Frances De La Tour.
2: I agree. I, yeah, I, you know.
11: absolutely. I, I think she is extremely... Although not. I think there's
1: a groundswell for Zoe Wanamaker, too.
6: Uh,
11: uh, well, because that's a lead yeah. role.
6: Yeah. Uh, she yeah a I, long I, and people for her. like her. Yeah.
11: I think it's going to be Frances De La Tour. I, I really do. I don't think she was. She played... She,
6: no, she
1: was bad, but I have, no I, I have my whole problem with History Boys coming to Broadway, opening for six weeks, and then closing... You know, just to win the Tony before the movie comes out.
0: Uh, well,
1: I just think it's a, it's
2: you a premium. You know, you know okay. something?
11: I'll tell you. I have seen so much crap this past year. I don't mind. If it comes <laughs> this is true. That's a short tour of duty. It's you know, it was a pleasure seeing this beautiful uh, production. It was a see...
0: tour
1: of duty. I just want to see Lennon again? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like Lennon. in my life. life. Uh. <laughs> Okay, we're with Iris Dorbian on the WGBB Tony special. We're moving on to featured actor in a musical. Yeah, that In My
1: Life didn't get set. That was surprising.
0: Uh, well, it was an interesting set. It
2: was well,
1: weird.
0: Danny Burstyn, um, Danny Burston, who's gonna be on the phone in a couple of minutes, which is one of the reasons I got to So we love him. Right, <laughs> yeah, we do, right. Win, win Danny for Drazi Chaperon. Okay. Jim Dale, Three Penny Opera. Brandon Victor Dixon, The Color Purple. Manuel Felsiano for Swingy Todd. And Christian Huff. Jersey Boys. I'm so glad he got nominated. He was terrific. Okay, wait.
11: Okay. Uh, that's Okay. Who was... Who did you mentioned before Jim Dale?
0: Um, um, Danny Burstein. Yay.
11: Okay. Um, and Brandon Victor right, Dixon, um, color
0: purple. I uh, thought you would have these in front of you, Iris.
11: Uh, Preparation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. I think... I think it could be Jim Dale, just because it's Jim Dale. Right. I wouldn't mind if it's mm-hmm. Christian Huff.
0: Yes. I mean, aside from Danny Burstyn, of course.
1: But, but uh, see, that's, he's my choice. I thought he was so good in that role.
11: Yeah. I mean, it, it was just.
9: Danny and Burstyn, he's been he, around
1: for quite he, a while, he too. But
11: if, you know, if Drowsy does a, a real sweep, you know, he could get swept along, you know, and, and the judge. Gy-
0: hmm? Uh oh. Iris? We've oh I think her I hate cell phones We have
1: temporarily lost Iris.
0: Oh Iris I'm afraid we can't get you back because we've got to I've got to go call Danny Burstyn now and get him on the phone. Cuz he's going to win for feature that. Oh, oh yes. can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? This is yeah. the Verizon yeah. commercial. Okay. Yeah. Um, Iris, one,
1: one last category. Feature um, actress in a Musical. Read them. Carolee Carole Carmella for Lestat. Felicia Pease-Fields for Color Purple. Megan Lawrence for The Pajama Game. Beth Lovell for The Drowsy Chaperone. She is The Drowsy Chaperone. Yeah. And Elizabeth Withers-Mendez for The okay. Color Purple. All
2: right.
11: Um, the Color Purple women um, cancel each other out. Uh, Beth uh, Lovell, The Drowsy Chaperone.
1: Really? Yeah, Did
0: think you think she was her. that funny? Yeah.
1: I, I, yeah, I, I kind of agree with Dave that I didn't think that she was as funny as she could have been, but. Oh, I, really? I,
3: I thought she was a piss.
1: <laughs> I thought she was good, but I think it's about time we give something to Carolee Carmelo, too. Which I think. Yeah, but
11: I, the problem, the problem is that she's in a major bomb.
0: Well, yeah, it was, it was, it closed. She, she was in a show
11: that was so reviled. I mean, she, you know, she was yeah. the only good thing in that show, and I, I, unfortunately, yeah. she'll suffer. And mm-hmm. She had
0: that wonderful moment though when she pounces on that guy. And the whole audience was able to laugh finally in mm-hmm. that one little moment, you know.
11: Yeah, but unfortunately, she was in that dog of a show. And then they
6: cried. They, <laughs> <tried to cry. laughs>
0: So Iris, your favorite show of the season? Favorite play? All, all you know, out of all. So
1: we'll put her down for Lennon
0: <laughs> <laughs>
11: <laughs> no history boys is my favorite. history
0: boys really is your favorite, your favorite musical? Oh, Grey Gardens, no, uh, or Drowsy. Um, you know, I
11: mean, I, I guess it's, I'm torn between Jersey Boys because I thought it Have was a very feet. good production, <laughs> but it's, it's but it's still a jukebox musical, um, and also Drowsy Chaperone. I really enjoyed Drowsy Chaperone. I thought it was just very, it was just a charming Valentine to musical theater.
0: Absolutely,
1: and how'd you like Drowsy? <laughs>
11: Oh, you know, I just reviewed it. Oh my god! on um, Bungee, come on! What a, what a misfire! What a misfire! I, I, really? I like when the plant feels up Jane. You remember that? <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, that was kind of. Well, I,
1: I, fire. I, my it. whole review of this whole thing is like r- humans really do ruin everything. As soon as they show up in that show, it just goes so totally wrong.
2: Well, you you know, know, I, that I, baby I like the sole
11: delay aspect of the first act, the flying gorillas. Yeah. And and so the gorillas were
1: great, and the shipwreck yeah, was fantastic.
11: Start, yeah, but then when they start talking, then, then the show is ruined.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm afraid we have to stop talking now, Iris. It's been great having you, as always. People Thank can pick you. up a copy of Stage Directions magazine. Is it on newsstands, where they have to subscribe, or...
11: Um Limited newsstand distribution. It's, you can get it at Borders, Universal News, Barnes and & Nobles, and also through subscription, it's www.stage-directions.com.
0: Well, thank you, Iris, for pointing us to Stage Directions. Have a great one. Happy Tony. Bye-bye. And there went her cell phone. <laughs> From uh, I was going to say Whistle Down the Wind, but no, that of course was from Woman in White, the London cast recording. I don't think they ever did or will do a U.S. cast recording of that show. It was uh, well because it basically came with most of the London cast. Yeah, except <laughs> you never got to see them. That's right. <laughs> and Michael Ball was either out or Maria Friedman was out for very, I mean, for legitimate reasons. But all the critics never got to see both of them together. I did. Oh, okay, you did Jeff. But anyway, let's talk about a different show, a show that is still running, a show that that's is much much better. Is much better, is doing Knockwood much better. That that people seem to have really taken to their hearts in a way. I mean it, they like other shows and but the critics especially seem to have
1: it's a theater person's musical.
0: Yeah, and, and as Iris Dorbian just told us in the in the last segment, it's a Valentine to Broadway, it a is. Valentine to Theater. And so let's call this not only Pre Tony Day, but Valentine's Day, as we <laughs> give our hearts. Oh, my segues are horrible. Whatever that means. We have on the phone with us a Tony nominee from *The Drowsy Chaperone* for um, for Best Featured Actor, Danny Burstein. Danny, are you there with us? Yes, I am. Hey, Danny, David. Danny, thanks so much for joining us. How has it? How has the Tony whirlwind been for you so far?
12: Oh, it's been wonderful. Uh, it's been a, It really has been a lot of fun. Um, uh, so far,
0: <laughs> yeah. I was
12: about to mention that oh, the swag. Well, so what'd was, you get? What's your, what? Oh, we got a free phone from
2: Sprint <laughs> for, for three months. Is it one of those picture phones, or just it's, your... a,
12: it's a, it's a, you know, a regular old cell phone. It's just crazy. The first thing I talk about is the swag. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> okay. What else you get? <laughs> uh, oh, well, you know, Visa gave us a, you know, nice gift certificate, and uh, you oh. know, that can, you know, box of chocolates and flowers, and you know, lots of, lots of. Uh, Bottles of champagne. And so it it's does been, pay
1: to be a Tony Yeah. Now, you huh? know,
12: it's not bad.
1: And, and next year you could present and get that gift bag.
12: Oh, my goodness. I heard it. I heard those gifts are pretty outrageous. You know, they... Yeah. You Maybe know, you
1: could host, since no one's hosting this year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think you should host <laughs> so, in
1: character, too.
0: I'll, I'll put in my bid. Well, why don't you tell the folks what your character is in The Drowsy Chaperone? Well, I play
12: Aldolfo, the uh, uh, crazy Latin lover who's... Uh, well, he's not very good at being a lover, and he's not very good at being Latin either. But that's <laughs> because, because he's
1: not really Latin.
12: No, he isn't.
1: That's what I love about that show. Everyone has a backstory. Exactly. And how the cats doing, by the way?
12: <laughs> that's all
1: I can think of when I think of your character.
12: Oh, so you mean the poodle? Uh, oh, oh the that's poodles. right. Oh, that's right.
1: Yeah. That's because my fear was being eaten by my cat
0: after I died. <laughs> <laughs> the poodles. How are they?
12: Oh, wonderful. good to say
2: hello. Oh,
0: God. So, so how did you? Approach that kind of character. Did Bob Martin and, and the writers say to you, "Okay, we need a Latin lover who's like this," or the, or was it sort of, "Here's Adolfo, you create how he is." That's that-
12: basically what they did. They they just said he was. Uh, they put uh, European in quotes and then you know then they started to and i started to do all sorts sorts of different accents and they and then one day they said well he was the italian lover and the other day they, the next day they said he was the latin lover and and so uh then the latin lover stuck uh, and but uh no matter what i'm i'm actually uh an actor roman bartelli playing mm-hmm. the nice. character of aldolfo mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and he's supposed to be a master of many different accents, and all of them are, in, and all of them <laughs> insulting.
2: And so I had to make it
12: big and bad and wrong and not very good, you know, so you, know, you walk a very fine line trying to find, you know, what works with that. So I tried to make it, you know, Hispanic, you know, Spanish with a big Latin kind of, uh, Cesar, Cesar Romero kind of flair, <laughs> um, but uh, also a little bad too.
0: Well, give us come on, you gotta give us a taste. You gotta... I am Al <laughs> <laughs> and, you and you're me. my
1: pick for Tony winner, by the way. <laughs> I will be very disappointed if you don't get it. Oh,
0: God bless you. <laughs> I would say what? You gotta do the what? Gotta... do the what? <laughs> wow. I love that. That's like like five times on the show, and it gets me every single time.
12: I was going home on the subway after a show the other day, and, and a woman came up to me. I, I don't know how she recognized me, but uh, she came up to me and uh, behind me and went, What? I was <laughs> surprised. surprised.
0: And you, by the way, you, you as you said, you were on the subway. You are a born and bred New Yorker. You, I am. I am. And...
12: Originally from the Bronx, and then uh, my family moved to Queens when I was uh, about seven or eight and uh, grew up and, you know, went to public schools and then went to the High School of Performing Arts here in New York when it was the High School of Performing Arts on 46th uh, Street. and uh,
1: Otherwise known as the Fame School. Exactly yeah.
12: right. Exactly right. And um, then went to Queens College. And uh,
1: Wow. Yeah. You, like, didn't leave the city. So. No, I
12: did. I went for my master's. I went to the University of California, San Diego. Traeger, Traeger. <laughs> so NYU wasn't good enough for you? Anyway, <laughs> they didn't want me. Oh,
2: what? 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 <laughs> uh,
12: actually, the the uh, UCSD had a great program out there, and uh, La, the La Jolla Playhouses and residence over there, and Des and up. Yeah, I was just nice gonna say, my to favorite under his wing, and it was good.
0: But if you if you had gone to the uh, fame school, as it were, that means you you chose pretty well early on. Yeah, when? I mean, what made it? I know.
12: did well. I had a, I had a, I went. To, I was going to Parsons Junior High School in in Flushing, and uh, yeah. um, my teacher, Stuart Glazer, uh, my English teacher, said, "You know, you've got something. You should really." And I was. 13, he said, you should really audition for the High School of Performing Arts. And I said, that's great. What's the High School of Performing Arts? Wow. And he said, well, he explained it to me, and he said, you have to audition for it. And he said, there are over 4,000 kids audition every year, and they accept about 120. Wow. He said, you have to do uh, a couple of monologues. And I said, great. What's the monologue?
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, do you uh, remember it, the monologues you chose?
12: Oh Gosh, good question. I did a monologue. I did two. I did one from Dead End. And I think wow. I did, the other one was from the time of your life, I believe.
1: Hmm. And, and how were how the auditions? Was it really as frightening as it would seem?
12: Oh, it was terrifying. Yeah, I'd never done anything like it before.
1: Because you're so young to yeah. be
12: put in that precious situation. And you have these four very stern-looking teachers sitting in a room, and you just have to go in there and do your monologues for them.
1: Wow.
12: Yeah, it's it's quite a rigorous process. And you then know. you
1: have to wait for the envelope at home?
12: Exactly right.
1: It's just like college. It'll yeah. Just...
12: Exactly Four years that. earlier, exactly. And I, I was so nervous I couldn't open the envelope. I had my actually asked my dad to really? open the envelope for me. How well, well, exciting, though.
0: When you came out of uh, California and back to New York, what what were your breaks? How did you get God, your name um, going?
12: I uh, well, the first uh, uh, big thing I did was uh, actually uh, I did a revival of the Rothschilds off Broadway, Circle in the Square. Lonnie Price had directed uh production. Uh had directed the production and um it starred Mike Burstyn. And uh um... oh, you're
0: not related,
2: right?
12: No, we're not. Actually, you know, his name is Burstein.
0: Burstein, B U R he was a guest on on my show last year. Well, last he twice. spells it with a Y. Yeah, he Don't spells me. it
12: with a Y, but his the his family he comes from a family of actors and they theatricalized the spelling of it and put the Y in, but it's originally spelled oh,
2: really? like
12: oh. my name and so uh, he was very, you know, kind and took me under his wing and uh, taught me a lot. And he said, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we are related. So he said, I, he said he, you know, noticed a lot of things that uh, that I did, you know, that you know he saw in his grandparents and things like that. So
2: wow.
0: Yeah, and also there's a Lonnie Price connection that goes on further yeah. because you were the standby right. for him on a class act, which exactly. was one of my favorite musicals of the last like 10 years.
12: Yeah, it is a very, very special musical. And uh, I was lucky enough to uh, work on that show for a year.
0: Did you get on stage in it? As, as oh you? my God, a lot. Oh, because he was out a bit.
12: Oh. Yeah, well, you know what? He was writing the show, directing the show, and starring oh, that's in the right. show. Yeah. And you know, it's it's quite an effort to do something like that. And At so, some
1: point, you need a vacation.
12: <laughs> I mean, you just need to sit back and watch the show, and, and you know, and take notes. And so, I, I actually got to go on a lot, and um, it was. Uh, a wonderful experience I, because the show is so special and it's a, it a wonderful role. cast too oh, yeah it was
0: fabulous. I I don't know why it did, it flopped I don't know why well it
1: didn't really flop it, I just some pe- it's it's a very again it's another very theater person show yeah and if it's not big and big it was it was in a time where you had to be big and splashy you're absolutely right and it right. wasn't big and yeah. splashy it was a very intimate musical it was very personal
12: yeah and it might have fared better in a in a you know a larger off broadway house uh, and you know where we could hold on to the intimacy because it actually started at uh, the smaller space in Manhattan at the Manhattan Theater Club. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now speaking
0: uh, of, of musicals that also didn't quite fare the way people thought they would, you were very directly involved in Barry Manilow's Harmony. Mm-hmm. What's the story on that? Where is it now? I don't know where it is
12: right now. Um, I did the production, and my wife uh, actually starred opposite me at that time. Uh, tell
0: everyone who your wife is. Uh,
12: I'm married to Kitty Carlisle Hart.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You've used that joke before in interviews, and it still works. <laughs> How did you know
2: that? Uh, I, I know. used it once
0: before. <laughs> well, it was the interview I read. So, oh, okay. But absolutely. no, no, no. Uh, although Kitty Carlisle Hart is a lovely lady. Yes, I, do, I adore her. But to tell the truth.
12: I'm married to Rebecca <laughs> Luker.
0: Imagine, What's this guy gets to be on the funniest show, one of the funniest shows on Broadway, Tony-nominated, and he gets to come home to Rebecca Luker. I Not know. Huh?
1: Marion, the librarian. Me. Yeah, yeah. And me. And, and um, the Secret Garden. She used to swing on the Secret Garden.
2: Oh, she was, gosh. She was,
12: she was the original.
1: Yes, yeah. oh, I know.
12: Is yeah.
0: she a Tony winner? I should have looked this up.
12: Um, yeah, she uh, actually was, has not won. She was nominated twice for Showboat and for uh, oh, The Music Man.
0: Did she give you any tips on, on getting through all you know, the next week or so?
12: Well, she, all I know is that when they announced my name, she jumped into my arms. Oh. And it was, it was, uh,
0: it was uh, wonderful.
1: And you're not going to forget to thank her, are you?
0: <laughs>
1: because some people did do that.
0: <laughs> well, if she gets nominated, then you have to jump into her arms. So exactly. That's interesting. Right. Yeah. If, I, if I'm be-
12: lucky enough to be, uh, you know, to win, which I don't think, you know, I have no, ch- I'm not preparing a speech, you know, or anything well, like sure, that. Sure, you're
2: not. I'm
12: not. I'm, I'm truly not. If if, if that happens it to up. happen, then I'll just try and you know speak from the heart, and I'm sure I won't forget her.
1: Speaking generalities very quickly because you only have like thirty seconds, right?
3: <laughs> Well,
0: I love, love you, you all. The orchestra pays <laughs> you
3: off. But, Danny,
1: if they announce you, if you do win, mm-hmm. take a long time going up to the stage. T- doesn't your time start when you get in front of the microphone?
12: No, actually, it starts as soon as they call your name. Wow. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what they told us. So we they, we had some kind of a luncheon, uh Tony luncheon. They said, uh, you know, you have a minute and 10 seconds or a minute and 20 seconds from the time they call your name. So they... In fact, they encourage you to bound up to the stage <laughs> as quickly as possible.
0: Do they um, at least put everybody on the aisles? At least I mean that would make yeah. sense.
12: Yeah, that's usually what they do.
0: So, so you're
1: going to give, take time to kiss your wife before you go? Or are you oh, wow! Well, like, yeah, of course. I one
12: kiss and then you know, slap hands as I run up.
1: And are you going to do? Are you going to frame the certificates and put them together on the wall?
12: Uh, they, you know what? They give it to you framed. Oh, really? Already, yeah. They uh-huh. have the same kind of silver frame. And, and you know, I must confess, they're already on the wall, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, uh, please, I have the space all reserved.
0: <laughs> I'll never get anything, <laughs> but it's all reserved. <laughs> well, here you are at probably one of the best, knockwood points of your life, you know, certainly career-wise. Yeah. And, and also oh, that kid, time's kids and life Well, maybe, yeah. But I'm saying, was there a point in your career that... You never thought it would get to this, where you thought, oh, I'm going to give up and go be something else. And, you know, you've got to get someone to tell you, no, stick with it.
12: Um, actually, I, I never thought that I would ever do anything. I'm Here's the, you know, the sad truth is I'm I'm not good at anything else. <laughs> um, I, 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 I love doing it, and I could never imagine myself doing anything else. Um, there have been times where, you know, after you finish a job, and every actor, you know, will tell you this, after you finish a job, you know... You get your last paycheck and you think,
2: "I'll never
12: work again." <laughs> oh, wait a
1: second! How was Law and Order?
12: Oh, I've been on a bunch of times. I know. Well, every
1: New York actor's been on Law exactly. and Order, so you'll always work again as yeah. long as they oh, Law yeah. and Order.
12: Yeah, it's good. And uh, this this last year it's crazy. Uh, this last year, I was on. Uh, I was in a movie called Transamerica with Felicity Huffman. Oh,
0: oh really? And, oh, I love that. Yeah. Were and, you a man or a woman? Or? Uh, I was a man. <laughs> but
12: who were you in this? I played her doctor at the beginning of the film, and and oh. um, you know, I had a I actually had a beard and glasses and. Yeah, oh my God! I would never recognize. Yeah. I know nobody ever does, and that's kind of the thing—the thing that I love about uh, being an actor. I mean, for you know, my idea of being an actor is—you know—people don't know who you are, and people don't recognize you as you walk out the stage door, and people don't didn't realize that that was you in the wow. film. You know, and that's kind of uh, a huge compliment to me. You know, it means I'm doing my job. And...
1: Well, Danny, I just want you to know—I actually saw that film in Bangkok, Thailand. Really, it was, it was playing in a really huge theater. It was well attended, and and people
0: loved it. Oh, wonderful. Well, half the people there were actually transvestites. <laughs> Not that you well, tell, actually,
1: actually, it is very big in Thailand. Yeah. But wow. but they I was really surprised that they got the whole movie. Yeah. And they thought you were fabulous, by the way. Because, yeah. you know, the doctor in the
0: beginning, yeah. unbelievable. It well, was the, unbelievable. When they first saw you on the screen, the whole audience en masse said, <laughs>
1: What?
0: Because <laughs> they knew. They could this tell. has
1: to be a new calling card, right? <laughs> exactly. So so then, the, he, the, neat,
12: the neat thing about it was that they showed it at the Oscars as well. Oh, that uh, clip, I don't know why they chose that clip, but... So, uh, because year, you were in it. Were well, in. maybe. Well, then this year I'll be in the Oscars and the Tonys. So know. that's kind of cool.
1: But we want to hear you talk at the Tonys. Uh-huh. No, I do
0: Knock wood now, If you win and, and I do that's right, and That's right I shouldn't would. give you a kind of horror I'm sorry <laughs> Hey, Danny would know what that word means Of too. course he would One what? last question for Danny Burstyn Before uh, unfortunately we have to let you go Okay But um, yes Right now your your life is occupied With a drowsy chaperone It's been running for oh, a few weeks And God willing it'll do great And you'll stay with it But what's you know, on the horizon And what kind of roles Have you ever thought about playing what? That Down Danny? the road yeah. for Danny Burstyn
12: What's down the road? Actually I have nothing lined up. I just just did a workshop of uh of uh Jason Robert Brown's newest musical that he's working on, uh Honeymoon in Vegas.
1: Mm-hmm. And
12: um, but you know that's who that's knows. Based when... on the film? Yeah. Wow. Uh, and uh, written with uh, Andrew Bergman, and it's kind of wonderful. And um, but you know, who knows when that'll happen. But
1: you, do you ever want to leave this show? I think this. Uh, well, right
12: now I'm no. I'm very very happy to be
1: because I love you. You're me. perfect in the show. Don't change. <laughs>
12: <laughs> Which I did for a year.
0: Yes, he, <laughs> he wasn't an original cast member, but he came in after Jordan Leeds left. And mm-hmm. He was there for, for for quite a while. Exactly. And right. me, sorry. Yes.
12: No, Jordan. Jordan left uh, after about, I think, after the first week or two, and uh, they, uh, you know, and I took over for him right after they opened, and um, I, they asked me to do the original cast album.
2: Cool.
0: So
12: that was lovely too.
0: And um, I, I do have to ask, what is um, Rebecca Luker working on these days?
12: Well, she just uh, finished her second uh, gig at Feinstein's.
0: Mm-hmm. And got
12: yeah. some, you know, just tremendous reviews uh, for that. And this summer she's doing a new play uh, by A.R. Gurney, um, who uh-huh. has become a friend of ours. Uh, I did a play of his at the Flea Theater yeah. with uh, Sigourney Weaver and John Lithgow uh, about a year and a half ago. Oh, Mrs. Farnsworth, right? Mrs. Farnsworth, exactly yeah. right. And she's doing a play uh, of his called Indian Blood. At primary stages this summer.
2: (gasps) Yes, I read about that.
12: Yeah, Pamela Payton Wright is in it and John McMartin. Mm
2: -hmm. Wow. And
12: uh, after she literally, uh, I think she starts rehearsal while she's still in performances for that play for Mary Poppins, which she's going to be doing on Broadway um, Uh in the fall.
1: Who's she going to be in Mary Poppins? She's going
12: to play Mrs. Banks. Oh. Yes. The mother.
1: Exactly right.
12: Wow. They actually, Glennis Johns played it in the film. Yeah,
1: wow. Yeah. Oh, how so. you've been two hit shows at the same time. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yet well, than do that. give her our best too, yeah. I, I love her too. I'm
12: yeah, she's all right.
1: Ever since the Secret Garden swing. Oh. <laughs> I just wanted to be on the swing. <laughs> I,
0: I, I won't even ask. Okay. That's but, right. <laughs> but Danny Bursting, it's been great swinging with you these this past 15, 20 minutes. Uh, pleasure's
12: oh, all mine. Best
0: of luck next week. Best of yes. luck in all your stuff. And congratulations on being in a really, really fun show.
12: Oh, thanks so much,
0: Dave. And, and thank you me. for being here.
12: Oh, my pleasure. Bye-bye. Take care, guys.
0: Bye. 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 And we are into the third hour of the WGBB second annual Tony Awards special. Thank you so much for staying with us, if you've been with us since line. Welcome to everyone who normally tunes in at this time for my regular weekly show, Dave's Gone By. I'm Dave Lefkowitz, radio personality, theater critic, journalist, humorist, and tonight's host for the WGBB Tony Awards special. Very proud to be here. Got to thank a few people before we go on, just, just in case I don't get to thank them at the end of the show. Let's see. Who am I thanking? Um, got, the, oh, got the wrong... Oh, wait, here's, here's Jeff Goodman, my co-host. Would you like to thank Minuteman Press? You betcha. You Minute Minuteman Press, the copy kings of Broadway in Hewlett. I think you should also thank MortgagesRock.com. You know, yes, because why... You know why? Well Not just because it's the place to go for a mortgage, but because it's the place to go where they'll teach you how to help other people get funding, mortgages, funding for uh, college loans, maybe you want to redo the house. Mortgagesrock.com. Is that it really rocks? Yes. You know what? Wait, I've got to figure out their slogan here. Mortgages rock because... Oh, I say it every week. Because um, they're stoned. Something, uh, something making money never sounded so good. Okay, not okay. my slogan, it's theirs, but there how you about, go. How about PAI? Yes, that's Performing Arts Insider Theater Magazine. Never heard of Very it. App- oh, yes, you have. What is fa- that? You're a subscriber, Jeff, it thank you. It sounds so interesting. Well, since you read it, why don't you tell the folks what
1: Performing Arts Insider is? Oh, it is the definitive theater industry magazine that tells you all, about, all that you ever will need to know about Broadway and off-Broadway theater, as, long as, as well as insightful and informative reviews.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And people can find out about Performing Arts Insider at the website performingartsinsider.com. Full disclosure, I'm the co-publisher of Performing Arts Insider. And it's
1: only $1,000 a year. No,
0: it's not. It's, <laughs> it, it's a, a little lower, I think, than our competition and better than our competition.
1: It is a, It really is a wonderful resource for anyone who is thinking about becoming a theatrical uh, Perform,
0: uh, well, Any kind of prof- theatrical professional You really need this It's a good tool Thank you very much And speaking of good tools Jeff Goodman You've been <laughs> Mark mar- what? <laughs> what? 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 We've had some great guests on already I mean we, we've heard from everyone From playwright Jeffrey Sweet To uh, Connecticut theater critic Rosalind Friedman We've got Jeannie Lieberman coming up She's a, a critic on the internet
1: You forgot We're, Charlie Gross
0: Charlie Gross Eva Heineman called in And we have of course uh, Tony nominated actor burst Burstyn. That was a, uh, such a nice fellow. So and and we're crossing fingers
1: right now because we hope he wins.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I like Christian Hoff and Jersey Boys. I like him. Yeah. What you didn't like? But let's get to our new special guest on the phone with us. He is a critic from New Jersey. Uh, he's he's written not only for uh Theater He's written for US One newspapers in New Jersey and he is currently the president of the Outer Critics Circle Awards. Now, the Tonys aren't the only New York theater awards, just in case people aren't that familiar with all. There's the Drama Desk, the New York Drama Critics Circle, there's the Lucille Lortel Awards, the Obie Awards for Off-Broadway. They all have different kind of things and rules. There's the Pulitzer Prize for Drama, which wasn't even awarded this year. So, the Outer Critics Circle covers Broadway and Off-Broadway together... In a, in a certain kind of a way. But we'll have the president, Simon Saltzman, tell us
5: all about it. Simon, you there? I sure am, David. Hey, thanks so much for having me on your show. Oh, you're I silent? have to co- make a correction, though. Go I am not the president. I am the acting president of Outer Critics Circle. And the reason they gave me that title is to make sure every day I remind myself that I shouldn't be the overacting president. Oh. And,
1: and if you do a really good job, you could be nominated for a Tony every Award. Day.
5: Yes, right. Yeah. And also, <laughs> hey, to, uh, to to Jeff, it's nice to uh, be invited to a menage a trois. I haven't had that pleasure in a while. That's great. Oh, Simon, you, you <laughs> When When did you? Whoa,
0: Lucianne, you freaked early. Simon, did you live for oh, those two? She's listening too?
5: she's listening on the computer. I, I locked myself in a different room so um by the way, I'm not using a cell phone. Isn't that great so we don't have to worry about being disconnected. That's wonderful. And, but I'll send you the bill. <laughs>
1: Thank you for and, using and the landline. don't have to line. worry about uh, being kicked out of history, boys, either. Oh,
5: right. <laughs> exactly right.
1: So Simon, I, want, I want to yeah. go
5: back to one thing before sure. we get started on the categories that you asked me to, to discuss. Um, Jeffrey Sweet was uh, talking about uh, a play by Nikki Silver that he loved. The play was A uh, Beautiful Child, and I agree with him. It was one of the most amazing... Uh, memorable plays I think it's maybe his finest play I'm a Nicky Silver fan but uh, I thought that play was really uh, unnecessarily uh, uh, trashed
0: (laughs) I was one of the people trashing it
5: I loathed it really well I think think there are two schools of thought on that I thought it was a very very uh, uh, deeply committed play to to the theme that he was dealing with Uh, it was magnificently acted well we don't have to belabor that
0: do you like Edward Albee do
5: I like Edward Albee? Yeah, do you like his He's work in general? Man. Of course I do.
0: And, and, I mean, I'm, uh, not just Virginia Woolf, but Do you like stuff. Seascape? Is yeah, a question. Because kind of well, if you like Albee, you, you would have liked I, Beautiful Child, I think. Uh, it appeals to the same... Hello? Yeah, yeah.
5: I'm, I'm right here. I'm, I'm listening. I have very mixed He's feelings not about, about Seascape. Yeah. I'm not uh, in that corner.
0: Well, anyway, anyway, let's talk about the two categories that we have lined up. Biggies. Biggies. Big ones for Simon Saltzman. Leading actor in a musical, we have Michael Cerberus, Swingy Todd, Harry Connick Jr., The Pajama Game, Stephen Lynch, The Wedding Singer, Bob Martin, The Drowsy Chaperone, and John Lloyd Young, Jersey Boys. Simon, what are your thoughts?
5: Oh, God, this is this is rough, because I think I really liked all of them. Uh, you're probably going to want a... Uh, hmm? my so can I call Stephen Lynch them. all the
1: time? Is that it?
5: <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked all of them. Um... Certainly, you know, it seems to me everybody that plays uh, Sweeney gets a nomination. That seems to come with the territory. Uh, mm-hmm. And Michael service is just am- amazing in the role. Uh, and, and do it's... you
1: think his winning last year will hurt his chances this year?
5: Probably. You know, they would probably say enough is enough. Um, the, uh, Bob Martin is, is also an incredible in, in chaperone. He's a real find and certainly he's the hilarious center of the show.
1: But do you think that the fact that he doesn't sing... <laughs>
5: I think it might help. <laughs> 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 it might actually help. Uh, really? Yeah. I, I kind
1: of personally would be kind of upset. Although I loved him, I just don't want to see him win because I don't want to see someone who doesn't sing get back
5: during the musical. Yeah. Well, I, I, I understand your point, but he is, the, he is the, the heart and the soul of this show. Oh, absolutely. And, well, and, oh, and oh, as oh, a oh, matter of oh. fact, well, as the far as I'm concerned, the performance that, that he gives is the equivalent of a singing performance. I mean, he sings for me. That performance was just so lyrical, hmm. and well, it, it touches it, it, home with a lot of us. I, I, Anyone
1: who's ever sat with their records, who who takes care of their records and listens to their, their old albums, all
2: the sh- all the he old plays shows. a
5: character that I think many of us can, uh, if not personally relate to, knows the guy next door. That's this character,
2: mm-hmm, and uh,
5: certainly those of us that are so closely connected to the uh, to the. But industry. doesn't that
1: go to the writing of the show rather than the the? the
5: thing i think it's all i think the ensemble is so connected Mm -hmm. the whole the whole piece is such a it's such a beautifully put together uh, original piece from the music to the book to the performances i think you could feel the love and the 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 incredible uh Mm -hmm. in this show Mm -hmm. so
0: is bob martin your choice for leading actor in a musical? No, my
5: my leading choice, and if we're gonna if we're gonna skip over Stephen Lynch, who is incredible, uh, is really uh, wonderful in the in the wedding singer. Oh, I'm so glad! So, I'm really glad that people. I like have nice stuff. Oh, he was wonderful. Singer. I wish I could. Uh,
1: uh, I thought they all were actually. I thought the whole cast of Wedding Singer was pretty good.
5: I enjoyed the show. I mean, it's inane, it's silly, it's uh, you know, it, it's it's a ridiculous show, but it's very very entertaining. Oh, very entertaining. Sometimes
1: you just want to turn your mind off and say, let me see a fun
0: show.
5: Exactly. And I, and I hope it does well.
0: I, 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 well, I think, I think Word of 20, Mouth
5: is very good on this show, from what oh, I good, can gather. Good, good,
0: Well, it's uh, the big bridge and truck people who can't get get tickets to Jersey Boys if it's sold out.
5: Right. That's right. what they're
0: going to go see is Wedding Singer. But, um, so so you were going to say you were... So then we
5: have to go on to Harry Connick Jr., who is incredible yes, yes. and... What well, a
0: fabulous singer, but I don't know about the acting so much.
5: Well... I, I enjoyed the performance. It was it was, it was also a, a performance that that uh, made you sit up and watch and really care. I Did mean, you like the thing? A, you know, he's, first of all, he sounds like old Blue Eyes when he like sings. Yes. that's that's a, a plus right there. But I thought he was dynamic on the stage and I, and really mm-hmm. uh, made made uh, the pajama game. It's one of my favorite musicals. talking uh, talking uh, back yeah. about. Uh, uh, drowsy chaperone and, and a guy playing an album I remember as a teenager uh, when the Pajama Game opened uh, that's giving away something uh-huh. new,
2: uh,
5: playing that album until uh, till you couldn't hear it anymore I played uh-huh. it constantly over and over so I mean there the, you know if the show hey,
3: tell me what a woman I'll tell you tell me
5: what a, tell a man, tell man who loved a woman oh, she was one he threw a dragon for Am I allowed to admit that I saw Janet Page and John Ray in the original? Sure.
3: But me, I love you more.
5: Tell me. Tell me yeah. It was, it was great. But I think, you, uh, I guess we're going to uh, get back to John Ray I feel Morris like a teenager now, again now. And uh, that performance was tops. I think he's a shoe-in.
2: Really? Uh, oh, the, really? Oh, yeah, okay.
5: I don't think there's any competition there, frankly. I think it's because the combination of not only the singing, but the depth of the acting this is a performance that uh, really transcends the general musical comedy performance or the musical theater performance uh, expectations I think I had the pleasure of seeing it twice and I was able to really uh, appreciate the work the technique and the the complete commitment uh, that uh, John has to the role of uh, Frankie Valli
0: Jeff who's your choice for uh, leading actor in a musical
5: you know, this
1: is one of those. It's a very funny year. There's either all these categories that I really don't care about. Just like who, who cares? Uh, but this is one that they have so many good people. Yeah. I mean, I love Michael Service, but again, he he did win last year, and you know, why give him two in a row? Make him work again exactly. next year. You know. Well, don't but, you
5: feel that it's a shoo-in for John Lloyd Young? Um, I,
1: I, it sort of it sort of is because people really really love the show. Um, however, I it's the Bob Martin thing again. I really, I loved his performance, but I don't know if I really want him to win. But I, I think it's going to be between Bob Martin and John Lloyd Young, to tell you the truth.
5: Yeah, well, uh, I, that's right, but I think that uh, John is going to do it. I, was, I, I think, I, probably. Yeah. I mean, pe- pe- you've, uh, we saw it the second time with a real audience, not the usual press crowd, mm-hmm. and those people were just going
1: Well, he's very good. Bananas. And, and now there are five women who are pretty good in their job, too. Not not bad. Which are which are vying for leading actress in a musical. And it, the nominees are Sutton Foster and The Drowsy Chaperone, LaChance for the Color Purple, Patty LuPone and Sweetie Todd, Kelly O'Hara for the Pajama Game, and Cheetah Rivera as herself in Cheetah Rivera A Dance of Life. I think that, that was a stretch of an acting job there, wasn't
5: it? <laughs> I, I think so. Um, <laughs> I mean, in, I, in, a, in a sense, she was. I think that's just sort of filling out the category. We've got a lot of that, but we don't have to belabor that point either. You know, that filling out the category. Yeah, is, but
1: shouldn't that have been a special event? Right. Shouldn't she have uh, been nominated ab- for special? Absolutely.
5: Events? Um, but
1: uh, instead of granting carte blanche to Sarah Jones yeah, for breaking yeah, yeah.
5: that's the one sure.
1: thing about this: year's nominating committee, I think they 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 unnecessarily really dropped a lot of shows that could have been in there. But they really are pushing for Drowsy Chaperone to sweep in, in their nominations.
5: Well, I think it could easily be, you know, the um, Avenue Q of this year. Because uh, hmm. I think up until the time that Drowsy opened, certainly uh, the 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 favorite was uh, Jersey Disney Boys. Boys. Yeah. No.
1: But I no, but I don't think it's anything like Avenue Q because I think a well, lot of people. Well, I'm talking about the
5: musical did... that starts out with with little fanfare, right? But, but even when it was
1: up for to the Tony, a, a Tony Awards night, people still thought Wicked was going to win. Exactly. I mean, and I think most people kind of know that. I mean, I think that Drowsy Chaperones going to win Best Musical and and pretty much sweep.
5: Really? The only thing that's going to yeah. stop that is, you know, there's a huge block of of uh, producers from Middle America, and out once you get past the metropolitan area, mm-hmm. you're not going to have a lot of people that are really going to dig the whole theme concept and uh, aura that uh, Drowsy Chaperone creates. It's a very definitely a big city show. Uh, whereas Jersey Boys is the kind of show that every theater in across the, the country is going to want to have in
0: but, their theaters. But what if, you, you put it this way, Jersey Boys is a guaranteed lock to tour and for people to love everywhere. I mean, Maybe they want Drowsy Chaperone to get the Tony win so that they can yes. say the Tony win Drowsy Chaperone and make it more appealing. And isn't it really more of a show?
1: It's I, an I, original, original,
0: well. original. But well, let's get back to the women, by the oh, way. Sorry. Yeah, we, we somehow we'll, okay. Oh, so I well, so
5: I, I hope the Tony voters are not going to uh, forget the really great performance Lashante is giving in *The Color Purple*. I know there are many that don't hmm. think that it uh, that it's a, a great show, but when you think of the, the sprawling story that it gives, the the, the, the chance that Lashante has to 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 grow hmm. and to evolve uh, over the course by, of an evening. I think not buy
0: her as an old woman. I saw a, no, I an actress mean, but, playing an old
1: I woman, she was amazing. Food and stuff, I, but so. she did do a great. She really did a, a very good job in the role. It's a tough, tough role. Yeah. But You're right. I, I also at her old age. And, I'd like know. to
5: see her win it. I'd like to see wow, her win it really? because uh, I mean, uh, uh, Patti LaPone is, is astonishing and, as Mrs. Lovett and, and Sweeney. Because that's all we thought. That yeah, I mean, but that you, you know, it's sort of like sure she w- she did what we knew she could do. Uh, mm-hmm. Sutton Foster's eccentric, uh, with all that acrobatic dancing.
2: Yeah.
5: And Chaperone, that was, I mean, that stopped the show in its tracks, and, yeah. and it was hard for her to stop it considering, uh, her co star there, the, uh, although it's a title role, it's really a supporting role. Uh, best, yeah. uh, level, uh, is, is a showstopper. Those are two amazing performances, but, um, I don't know if, it's, uh...
1: but she's not really. That's she doesn't really have a leading role. I know it's, it's not. It, it just, just feels, feels more of like an ensemble. Yeah, you know, that's one of the the categories they really should have is best ensemble. Just the way the Outer Critics Circle has
5: the best we ensemble. We do on occasion. We didn't have it this year for some weird reason. I don't know why. Oh, I know why. We uh, Chris, for the first year the Outer Critics decided to have a uh, an outstanding new score, which we never had before, and we're thrilled to have that. And yeah. I'm in because I I. I pushed very hard to get, I campaigned for that, if that's the right word. Uh, and of course, uh, Drowsy did it. Those two great uh, composers. I think the score is wonderful. By the way, I can't wait to own it and play it. Uh, in
0: the car. Let me and you.
5: Play your record all the time. Yeah.
0: Let me ask you, Simon. Um, yeah. You were at the uh, the Outer Critics Circle Awards. Um, what was it? A week or two ago. Not
5: only a- at them, I presided over them. You presided. You yeah. But acting like... Any, any yes. great? Oh, um, not without our overacting. <laughs> <laughs> any
0: great quotes? Any great thoughts or memories from uh, from that evening?
5: Oh, uh, the food was excellent for change. Well, aside from where was, was for change, huh? Oh. <laughs> no, they came through for us. They had a really wonderful where dinner. Was, where was uh, the hills? At Sardi's, at, in the Eugenia room. On the Very fourth nice. floor. Uh, yeah, I, uh, it was my first year, uh, and it was a, a difficult undertaking for me, uh, especially getting everybody seated at the tables they wanted to sit at. The nice thing about our critics uh, is that the press are seated with the stars, the celebrities, uh it's a, it's like a party. So there's no separation, there's no class distinction as as it were. <laughs> and we are you there? Yes. Okay, somehow I No we're here. Okay. Um you know and everybody schmoozes and parties and there's no T V uh the uh the conversations are light and uh you know everybody's at their on their
0: not it's not a very comfortable behavior, but
5: relax. Okay, so... I each other's company.
0: One last question, actually, before we let you go. I, I, we have this next category. Stay with us while we do it, because I want to hear your thoughts on mm-hmm. revival of a musical. Now, there are only three... Listing, I think there were only three revivals of a musical done right. on Broadway this year. The Pajama Game, Sweeney Todd, and Three Penny Opera. So, uh, well,
5: actually, I there should only
0: be two up there, but yeah. <laughs> so you like Three Penny Opera. Oh, God.
5: I thought it was dreadful.
0: Yeah, no, it was awful. It was, it was horrendous. There's a reason they all come out for curtain calls at the end of those three Well,
5: isn't there some discussion as to whether uh, the uh, the category should actually be filled out just for the sake of filling it out, even if a show gets uh, panned by everybody?
0: Well, I mean, there's only three in there, as opposed to... Normally, there's room for four or five. So, on some level, they, they made Someone it... Someone must
5: have liked it, but then movie. they, you
1: know... They also yeah. tended to like that... Uh, what was that? The roundabout thing that...
5: Lin- but you know, talk about filling out a okay. category. Yeah, yeah. If, if I can say just one more thing sure. before uh, we're finished, um, uh, what, when I think back over the off-Broadway season, which you asked me to think about sure. too, there were so many amazing plays that I could I could think of a dozen that would have filled out even more excitingly the uh, the uh, Broadway. Name three Grey Gardens. oh but year. there was mm-hmm. A Privilege by Paul White. Orson's Shadow, Orson Hiddleston's wonderful play. BFE, Julia Cho. Then there was Alan Akeborn's play, Private Fears in Public Places. Mm -hmm. That probably would have won had it moved to Broadway. I think there's still talk about that.
2: Uh, What about Christopher
5: Durang's uh, very, very funny, Forrest and Miss Witherspoon?
2: Huh.
5: And the intelligent design of Jenny Chow, uh... I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, the, the third, Wendy Wasserstein's play, Third.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. They're <laughs> pushing I it now, Simon. Yeah. No, I don't
5: think so. Nilo uh, Cruz's beautifully written play, Beauty of the Father. Uh, the little dog laughed. Right uh,
0: that's coming to Broadway, excuse me. Yeah. they are going to move right. I don't
5: know whether it's going to make it. That's a, a tough sell, but for me, it was a, it was a, a, you know, great, a great centered performance there. But you know?
0: okay. well, Simon, you, you didn't actually ask her about Revival of a Musical. Which which would you go for, and which are they going to pick? It's basically Pajama Game of Sweeney it's Todd. Yeah. Be,
5: it's got to be... Uh, I think, no, I think it's going to be Sweeney Todd. You think so? Yeah, I'd like... I wouldn't be disappointed if Pajama Game won, but I have a feeling there's just such a, a feeling about, you know, how, you know, unusual, how creative, how... well but don't let <laughs> when
1: company comes, not so much...
5: Yeah, that,
0: it's going to be interesting when John Doyle directs company and we start to say, well, wait, he, this is his style. He okay. always strips everything down and turns props into five different things.
5: It wasn't right. that special.
0: Yeah, we're just new to it.
5: Right. You know, and The other thing, we, because we're not going to discuss that, is this cut-off date business for awards. I just came back from seeing a play this afternoon on 42nd Street on Theatre Row uh, by a playwright called uh, Elijah's Son. Uh, uh. It's called No Child. Did, did, did either of you see it?
2: No. You
5: must promise me you're going to really? go see it. It closes next week. I... To me, it was one of the best plays of the year. Absolutely amazing. She does. She does in a way what uh, Sarah Jones is doing. Uh, she's playing a multitude of characters. I think it's about seventeen. She plays a, a school teacher, principal, a janitor, and, and these kids in a in a Bronx high school. But yeah. it's
12: really is it a solo
5: performance. Brilliant. And you really have to do it's a solo it a performance. Solo? And pardon me,
1: it's a solo performance.
5: Solo performance. Well, and what are,
1: were you talking about? Cutoff dates. Now, what did
2: that? Have
5: well, in mean? other words, there's shows that open after our our cutoff date for Out of Critics was April the twenty second, um, and uh, you know there were many many shows that uh, you know that opened in that that weird period between April. See, the the season years ago used to be June first, right, to yeah. May thirty first, and now there's this sort of uh, no man's land.
1: Yeah. How did you feel about extending the Tony deadline for Tarzan? Of all things, they had, oh well, Disney's. It, it was ridiculous. They yeah, they yeah. they extended it just because Tarzan said we're not going to be ready to open. Wow, and and I kind of thought that was kind of wrong. But uh, have, has the Anacritic Circle ever thought about having their award ceremony after the Tonys? Then
5: we've traditionally been first. We're right, first I know. At, yeah, before but you're the first, but
1: death. a lot of things. Some, sometimes, like I remember years ago,
5: things would win that weren't even open.
1: You know that was you know when Marjorie Gunner was president, things were just well. But there was also the problem. No, they in, didn't. They
5: didn't win before they opened. They could have been nominated. That's why we have a nominating committee, and we go to early previews. Yeah. We don't. They're not for reviewing purposes.
0: No, but what was happening with a Critics Circle was the the awards came so early, and the cutoffs and deadlines were so early that you know there would be five Broadway shows that would be slunked into next We don't do seat. that anymore. Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, we that don't do a that very anymore. Very wise move. Okay. And, Simon, it's been a wise and wonderful move for you to be with us on the WGBB Tony Awards. Well, I thank you. And, and please remind people not only the fact that, you know, you're, you're acting president of the African Circle, but where are I be? Not overacting. Not
5: overacting. You didn't ask me about oh. the worst of Broadway this year.
0: All right, real quick, Simon. you got one minute. Oh, I love that. Yeah, Come what did you hate? Should, yeah, I should have asked more of that.
5: I'm one of the few that didn't like Shining City. I thought it was okay. A, a, a total bore. And I and I found uh, Faith Hiller quite boring and uh,
2: Ooh,
5: a lot of people very have. dark and murky all those dark and murky musings uh, you know but you
1: love the blonde and the, the Thunderbird
5: right <laughs> I like the blonde and the Thunderbird yeah but
0: uh, wait 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 well, are you joking now? Of course I'm joking. Okay. As a matter
5: of fact, I was out of town when the play- when the show opened.
0: <laughs> we wish we all were.
5: <laughs> and closed.
0: But thank you for being in town with us for the Tony show, Simon Saltzman. Oh, well, I thank you. A pleasure, a pleasure always. Have a great one, then. Thank you. Good night, guys.
5: Good, Good night, Simon.
0: Well, we talked about the revivals, Pajama Games, Swingy Todd, and Three Penny Opera. And, and I think yeah, most people kind of hate it, Three Penny Opera, mm-hmm. and just for, for various reasons. Uh, that one doesn't have a cast album yet, either. I think it will. Yes, yes, yeah, it's, it's coming out. It's coming out. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I didn't like Nellie McKay so much in it, uh, although I, I got her solo album, and it's got some interesting stuff on it. But, oh, well, I'm doing this long lead-in to a song that is in there called uh, Tango Ballad. It's called something else, because they changed all the titles in this new Three Penny. It's
1: a new... Mm-hmm. translation
0: right and uh, nothing wrong with that except it's a really bad and, and, and vulgar <laughs> translation but here's, here's a translation I kind of like you know, a version of a song in Three Penny Opera uh, called Tango Ballad that comes from an album that Ula Lemper did now she's it's a very weird album she's sometimes great and she's sometimes really irritating and
1: she's a lot of time in Chicago
0: right, right. but she's not in Chicago now well, maybe she is,
1: but... She'll probably be coming back.
0: She came back like four times already. Here's a duet that she sings on stage. It's done with, um, in the new version, Cyndi Lauper and... What's his name? The uh, the Scottish... Uh, the lead. Uh, uh, oh, you know, from, from that, Cabaret. I know. I can see him. Skinny guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim. With weird hair and then the... Right. Earrings. Well, anyway, <laughs> they do it, and they do a pretty... It's one of the better moments in Three Penny Opera, but this is the version with... Uda Lemper singing with Neil Hagen. He's a member of the Divine Comedy rock group, and I, and I like it quite a lot. It's from the Punishing Kiss album, Tango Ballad. And we are into the very last half hour of the WGBB second annual Tony Award special. <laughs> you mean
1: it's so almost so over! It's
0: almost... Well, it's, 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 we've got one ninth left, one sixth left, but we'll, we'll make it count. It's a big... Wonderful half hour. We have it's a big pack- finish. Yeah. Well, there we go. <laughs> With a big tool, I think we were talking about before. I don't know what that means. <laughs> See, after eleven, we can do more stuff. Not, not quite what. what oh, well, <laughs> let's call. Uh, what's the name? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've had some interesting uh, people, wonderful guests on tonight. Oh, all sorts of critics, including. Roz Friedman, Jeannie Lieberman, Charles Gross, my co-host Jeff Goodman from Two on the Isle. I uh, just got through Simon Saltzman, who is the acting president and of the Avenue. who us? Yeah. Well, I didn't actually go through on the air. I hit the, the delay button fast enough. But uh, Eva Heinemann? Talked Eva, about her. Eva shouldn't be cursing like that. I know. She shouldn't. Well, she's on she's on cable. Um, so you can. So I guess she's not used to oh, radio. Well, <clears throat> anyway. But I'm sure you're someone who will absolutely be the soul of discretion And charm And, and good language She is <laughs> a, uh, a theater critic For a website called Theaterscene.net T-H-E-A-T-E-R Scene Dot Net Her name is Jeannie Lieberman And she's going to weigh in On a couple of different Categories Tony nominations. Jeannie, are you with us?
10: I am definitely with you and raring to go.
0: There's no cursing. (laughs) Already? (laughs) We'll have none of that.
10: It's nice to follow Simon because he is my acting president on OCC. Does he
1: overact, though? Hmm? Does he overact?
10: Sometimes. (laughs) He's my colleague on Drama Desk. He is one of my writers on Theaterscene.net. Oh, I know. Cool. He
0: covers New Jersey Theater?
10: And sometimes New York. Yeah. He's Great. I love his opinions. And we hear he
1: really liked the show on 42nd Street recently.
10: Which one? <laughs> Which
0: one? <laughs> oh, see, you were listening. <laughs>
10: so, oh, by
0: you the, the way, we quiz our guest. The,
10: the Thunderbird Girl?
0: <laughs>
2: uh, no. Oh, it yeah,
10: was listening. Thunderbird
1: Girl? You yeah. mean you don't know who that is?
10: Whatever. Suzanne Summers? you know. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I, I guess
1: you don't own a Thymaster, do you?
10: <laughs> I thought, you know...
0: Uh, she was once married to one. But, you know, no, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what Boys, that
10: means. Boys... I know. We have business
0: here. Yes, yes, two business. Jeff, you want to read the nominations, please, for orchestrating? I would love to, please.
1: Because my favorite car- category is always the orchestrations of the musical. <laughs> the nominees this time are Larry Blank for The Drowsy Chaperone, Dick Leib and Danny Troub for The Pajama Game, Steve Orich for Jersey Boys, and Sarah Travis, who took away from Sweetie Todd.
10: I see she did. Because it wasn't really
2: orchestrating, it was like de-orchestrating yeah. the musical.
10: Ex- exactly. But, you know, before we get to that, I, I chose this uh, category because I don't think anybody really understands it. And, uh, and so I, I contacted my good friend, Don Pippin, who won the,
2: oh. the
10: only Tony Award for music director in 1963 for Oliver. And I, I asked him, I said, you know, why orchestrators and not, uh, why was your category dropped as, as music director? And what is the difference? And what does everyone do? And he explained it this way. He said, the uh, music director is really the liaison between the composer and the entire musical production. The composer comes to the music director with his musical ideas. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's simple, sometimes it's depending on the composer. And so then they discuss the content, the mood, the tempo, the intention of the the music, And, and then the director Works with the uh, the stage director and the choreographer. Mm-hmm. He rehearses. He, he's in on the casting procedure so that the right uh, performers can sing. You know, will, will enhance the, the music, and uh, then usually uh, he can also be the vocal arranger and uh, the dance music arranger. If he's, usually though, they they definitely uh, conduct
1: and the orchestrator. Uh,
10: he could be the orchestrator, but what they does what they do usually is the suggest. Uh, but what
1: is the main difference between yeah. the, the music director and the orchestra? Well,
10: orchestrator? it's like the president of the company and the secretary. I'm sorry to say that. But once all of this has been worked out, when the actors have been uh, rehearsed
2: in the mm-hmm. and, and the book,
10: and everything is set up, uh, the staging, the sequence, the tempo, and everything, then you go to the orchestrator who fleshes it all out. He puts the actual music on the chart, you know, decides. Yeah,
1: I thought the orchestrator takes the actual piano music. That is what the composer writes it as. This is the way my right. simple mind goes. It takes the piano music and then basically writes it in different parts for each p- little p- he piece does, of the It does, but
10: there are many processes in between, you know, before it's ready to be orchestrated. And that's what's worked out in the creative design and structure of the musical. But that, is that the
1: composer or is that the musical director?
10: The musical director with the composer. And then, and then when it's all fleshed out and it's, you know, everyone's rehearsed then they bring in the orchestra, and they, you know, mm. and that's the finished product. So when somebody comes into the theater, they don't really know who contributed what, you know, to what they right, hear. Right. That's why the category is kind of embarrassing. Because uh, he had once asked um, uh, Isabel Stevens, uh, Don
2: Tippett,
10: you know, he, he said, "Well, why did you drop the uh, category of musical director?" And in favor of
0: orchestrator, and he says she said because no one knows what the musical director.
1: An orchestrator right. sounds oh. like such a cool job.
0: And also, Isabel Stevenson was so old at that point; she was dropping everything. So, <laughs> no, <I don't laughs> know what That means very possible. Mean. So, so we got to get to that, the actual category. Well, well, so but
10: this is you know so what is reflected in the nomination? So you're, you're like
1: you're going to go protest against the old thing in that vote, huh? You're going to protest against the whole category, right? No,
10: no, not at all. I but so. but the ignorance of what an orchestrator does and the voters and the nominators is reflected in the nominations. Right. So, okay, what do we have of four categories, four nominations? We only have one original musical. Right. And that's from the beginning to the end. That's taking a show from scratch.
1: But, of course, Jersey Boys also had all those songs had to be orchestrated.
10: Not Not necessarily.
6: The 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 prime
10: focus was to keep it meticulously, reproduce that sound, and then augment it. Yeah,
6: I agree on that. That's true. So that's not
10: very creative. Now, you take Sweeney Todd. They took an entire... Like the
6: teacher's talking to me now.
1: Oh, I'm uh, sorry. I get, sorry. I get a little
10: passionate on this, you know, because I know we, you want to talk about best actors. Well,
1: don't tell Don Pippen I said that. Tell him he's right.
10: Well, he's listening. I'm sure he is right. Yeah. <laughs> he's listening, I'm sure.
0: Don, I'm sorry. <laughs> Isabel, I'm sorry if you're listening from wherever you are. <laughs> well, anyway... <laughs> so pick one. It's, I'm a, kind you know, we, it's kind
10: of stupid because, you know... Oh, okay. Uh, so th- the only one that's legitimate is, is uh, Drowsy Chaperone.
1: So you think Larry Blank should get it?
10: Absolutely. And I also think that, you know, Wedding Singer should have been in there. And all, and Color Purple, because these are original musicals.
1: Okay. You know,
10: Ooh. so... Okay. okay. Okay, and
1: how about leading actor in a play? Which uh, is okay. Ralph Fiennes for Faith Healer, Richard Griffiths from the History Boys, I can never get Zelvienko I how you pronounce <laughs> something it?
6: like
2: that. Zelvienko. Gel- Gel- Gel-
1: I don't know. Oh, I, it's I Rafe like Rafe by the
10: way. Rafe. I keep doing it. that. Every and, uh, time
1: I know it's Rafe And I keep reading Ralph because it's on the paper It says Ralph.
10: Well, I, I, thought, I had it done phonetically for me so I wouldn't screw up.
1: See, well, I don't know. Dave doesn't do that. No. I'm not hooked on phonics here. <laughs> and then we also have Oliver Platt from Shining City right. and David Wilmot from the Lieutenant of, of Inishmore.
10: And, you know, I couldn't have cared well, less. Well, to quote
1: one of the author's previous plays, we're sorry for that.
10: <laughs> <laughs> and we're sorry for that. Now, uh, 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 Ray Fine mm-hmm. <clears throat> he is, a, you know, has the panache of, a, of a, a British superstar. And basically, he's pretty depressing in every mover I've seen. Mm-hmm. He's depressed and depressing. And so he was in the faith healer. I, you know, it's a monologue. Did you it's think happening. he
1: was better in Hamlet?
2: Well,
10: yes, but this is in this play. You know, he's he's definitely a fine actor. Mm-hmm. But this was a monologue. You know, the definition of acting is to interact, and it was a monologue, and it was so obscure anyway. I defy you. I defy you to tell me what really happened. I just play. got
0: hit on the wrist with that ruler again. <laughs> Oh, boy, a lot of people today did not like Faith Healer. I find myself in this weird position of defending the play and not quite the production, but okay.
10: Can you tell me what happened at the end?
0: Uh, Off the air when we have time, yeah. (laughs) I've seen seen the play two or three times, but... Nobody's
10: ever been able to explain it to me. Oh, absolutely. I actually stayed awake. He got beaten
0: to death. Okay, I just saved you two hours and 45 minutes. (laughs) At the end of the day, he's beaten to death by these people because uh, he's not able to heal a guy. There you go. Um, And how about Richard Griffiths?
10: Well, let's go
7: with.
0: Well, first uh, of all,
10: let's turn off Delco. Oh, Delco, Delco Ivanek. You know, he, okay. he was he did a fine. So in, you know,
0: pronounce his name better than I did too. I'm sorry, Delco about
10: I practiced that before. Cameo should have
0: gotten more nominations, I think, in a bunch of different things. I, I love Cameo. got a very short strip this year. I
10: thought it did. I thought it was a wonderful play, but I think that he, I couldn't erase the uh, Humphrey Bogart image when I watched mm. him. Mm. You know, it just it just didn't eclipse. Bogey of Captain Krieg. Um, I would think that Oliver Platt gave the breakout performance of the season. Really? And of his career. <laughs> oh,
2: no. well,
10: well, you know, the, it, the play is really nothing more than a ghost story. It's very thin plot. And
2: mm-hmm.
10: the, yeah. the the, it specializes in these Irish yarns.
2: Mm-hmm. So
10: a yarn and a ghost story is as good as the person who's telling it.
0: Yeah, but here, here, Jenny, it's even though most of the best work that Oliver Platt does in Shining City, and he's mem- mesmerizing for a, a, a good period of time. Yeah, it's monologue, which is exactly the thing that you're, you're against. <laughs> he's, he's literally goes on for twenty five minutes uninterrupted, telling his story. That's monologue.
10: Well, um, mm-hmm. I guess so. I guess so. But still, <laughs> but he was mesmerizing. I, I was totally involved. You know. Of course, I thought that the play was sort of a cheap trick at the end. I right. know. And, of course, Richard uh, Griffiths is the best of the best. There's no question about mm-hmm. it. Beautiful performance, nuanced, uh, it He mm-hmm. makes you feel smart. <laughs> the play makes you feel yeah. smart. Yeah, Let me ask
1: crazy. you something. Did, uh, first of all, when I, when I got my seats, they were all the way to the side, so I hardly saw anybody. Oh, they, they really were. They were amazingly to the side. Well, stars, that's very right. poor
10: set design.
1: Yeah, it was and really, directing. Yes, but I also, but I and maybe it's because I've let it be known quite a number of times. And I'm not really crazy that they. I'm not
10: crazy the fact
1: that the the fact they brought History Boys to Broadway for like six weeks. They're going to grab some Tonys and leave, and then. Oh well, wait plug a second! So you, you don't it. know
10: that it's not going to be extended like every other no, show. No, they've
1: already booked the theater.
10: Really? Yeah. Well
1: then, I think it's a privilege that we got to see it. Yeah, but mm. I, I, yeah, but it, you come in; it's it's a limited, like really, really short run uh, show that is not planning on extending because I I don't remember what's. Well, did you, you the hold the that theater.
0: against um, three days
1: of rain? Yeah. Well, of course, <laughs> I wouldn't want to hold anything. <laughs> <rain laughs>
10: Much bound in the process.
1: <coughs> well, yeah, well i li- you're you know, in the process, why don't you so. look
10: at it this way: of quality versus quantity.
1: I know, but I just, I don't like the fa- I really hate the fact that it's there to pick up awards to push the movie.
10: But I, from what I've heard, they didn't expect this kind of reception, and they haven't gotten it on the road on the way to here. So it was it was a big surprise to them, our mm. reception of this.
5: I uh, mean,
0: and also they may not have known when they were all planning this, but I thought a pretty weak season for plays on yeah, Broadway. I mean, if you think about it, if that's the best of a logger I think maybe Rabbit Hole might be a little bit... Better. That, I mean, that's not... You thought Rabbit Hole was better? Yeah. Yes.
10: <laughs> well, we'll talk about that when we get to the lead actress.
0: Okay, well, okay. you know what? Let's, let's do it. Let's do lead actress. So you, okay.
1: you, you, you just go with Richard Griffiths, though, right? Oh, oh, definitely. Okay, lead actress. Here's another one of my little pet peeve uh, okay. things. Because there's no one in the show that's running. Kate Burton for The no. Constant Wife, Judy Kay for Souvenir, Lisa Crone for Well, Cynthia Nixon for Rabbit Hole, and Lynn Redgrave for The Constant Wife. First of all, where did they get the constant wife for two? Now wait remember, a yeah. second. I
10: heard you guys talk about constant Council, Council wife earlier this evening, and you know I disagree with you. It was a brilliant play. Really? Now maybe it's a chick play, like a chick flick. Yeah. You know, probably. the woman comes. It, it was brilliant, and uh, I I thought it was, it it was, was a mean,
0: tedious. No, it was, I thought it was amusing, but I didn't think it was at like, all special. Isn't yeah, I, knew, I really mean, hit my
10: date on the way out. I mean, oh. she really energized me against.
2: It. Really. Oh, I mean, oh. here's a woman
10: who was, you know, whose whose husband was cheating with her best friend. She didn't mm-hmm. want the scandal of being divorced, so she had to be smarter than everybody else. Yeah. And she turned it around yeah. so that eventually she got everything she wanted. Her husband was, you know, was had the broken heart. She had a new lover. And, but I didn't
1: uh, think that I didn't think that the performances were anything special. Oh,
10: she she. Dominated. She manipulated. She kept everything moving, in Ooh. on the stage. I mean, Kate Burton is really a featured performer in that because just her name was above the title. But you know, it was Lynn Redgrave's show, and I thought she was.
2: Oh,
0: followed. I thought you were talking about Kate Burton all that time. Isn't that interesting? Right. Until uh, so you just said it was, uh, you were talking about Lynn Redgrave. I thought you were talking about Burden. No, no. Oh. The, oh, oh, oh.
10: Lynn Redgrave was the motivator, the prime mover
0: of that play. Because yeah, otherwise, I would yeah. think of her as a featured performer, too, in that role. Lynn Redgrave? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, she I,
10: was the constant wife.
0: So would you vote for her? Would she be your I own? would,
10: hands down, vote for her, but she won't get Judy Kay the really? uh, Judy
0: Kaye in Souvenir.
10: Judy Kaye. Oh, that
0: was a musical, not really a play. No, right? well,
10: Judy Kaye, if you, you know any singers, you know, trained singers how difficult it is to uh, sing off-key. That's
2: exactly
10: (laughs) And she's a great singer. She's a great actress. Judy Kay also deserves the award, but maybe more a musical than a play. I'm not sure. But she did a Hmm. brilliant job. uh, But it was small. It was an intimate production. I don't know that it really needed to be on Broadway. I think it was more effective off-Broadway,
1: actually. Yeah, but being on Broadway, I thought it it really... Brought Broadway audiences to that show. I also liked really, it more on
0: Broadway. I was which really deserved
1: to be seen. I mean, it was a wonderful tale about this woman who no one's really heard about. I mean, a lot right. of people know about her.
10: But, right. you know,
0: I love when you just learn about this.
10: That's movie. right. It was, it's just a real woman that makes it very special.
0: Oh, it was. It's a sweet little play. I mean, I, I like, as I said, the second time I saw I, it, I liked I, it. Do better. you know if
10: they film that at all? I, I
0: wish they would. I would I wish love they would to see a
10: movie
1: of that. Yeah. And that yeah.
10: touching moment at the end when she sings yes. what she hears in her head. Oh,
1: that was. I mean, it was. Well, you know who really should have gotten a nomination, too, was that piano player.
4: He was, he was, he was nice. He was spectacular. He
0: was spectacular. Yeah. I mean, so much better than the off Broadway guy. That's what made the difference. Yes, he was. The off Broadway guy was just like a. I couldn't right. act. Right. And he was yeah. just like I was a schlub.
4: Yes, he
2: was. And it right. made a big difference. On
1: Broadway, you knew this guy really. <laughs> He at first, I mean, you knew in the beginning it was a job, and then it became his passion. Yeah, he got suckered and, in. Oh yeah, well, like everyone did.
10: Yeah, it I, I was a wonderful. It didn't have a very long run.
0: Unfortunately, no, no, no I was well, making no oh, money at all. Yeah, it was I'll, also
1: in, you know, it was in the Lyceum for God's sakes, on the wrong side of Broadway, and it will n- nothing ever sells over there, right? <laughs> except for the magic it's show. A taste.
10: It's a kite. Well, so Lisa Kron was also playing herself, so... Yeah,
0: nobody... Left, you,
10: know, you know, I don't think that was much...
0: Really the New York mm-hmm. Times liked, well, nobody else did.
10: <laughs> nobody else
0: did. <laughs>
10: <laughs> so the person that's left...
0: Well, Cynthia Nixon also did a play. The elephant
10: job. in the room is well, <laughs> Cynthia Nixon. Yeah. I didn't like the play. I've seen wow. Cynthia Nixon in off-Broadway shows where she was positively luminous. And, of course, everybody loves her from television. So right. Um, well,
1: when you, when you have Sex in the City, you have to be nominated. <laughs> <really>. <laughs>
10: One of my idols, yes, but she wasn't my favorite role,
0: but mm-hmm. never mind.
10: <laughs> but she, you know, she she did a credible job. Yeah. Well,
0: you can't really be luminous in that role. I mean, no, you can't. Mother of a dead child. <laughs> no, it's kind of hard well, to walk I do not She was go, I, don't I like the fact that, who, who was who thought it was a musical? Oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe I mean, it will be. It could be somebody earlier, yeah. If they can make, hey, look, if they can make Leopold and Loeb a musical, <laughs> if they can make Rabbit Hole a musical, <laughs> too, <laughs> somehow. <laughs> Your child is dead, <laughs> but you go <laughs> on. It'll get Judy
10: Kay to sing it for us. <laughs> well, a little off-key. <laughs>
0: Just a little. Well, thanks for being so on-key and in tune with us. Jeannie Lieberman, and again, folks should go to your website, I'm which the is?
10: editor of theaterscene.net.
0: theaterscene.net, which has reviews from New York and also other places too, right, all over?
10: Oh, we're just opening an L.A. Uh,
0: How about the Vegas office. stuff? Are you going to cover the Vegas stuff?
10: If they would send a ticket.
0: Well, and the plane tickets, yeah.
10: Yeah, if they send a ticket, I would go. There you go. But I don't hear it's you know It's not, no big deal out there. Nothing seems to thrive in that. Oh, you know,
1: uh, just a very quick thing, Jeannie, I'm sorry. Uh, But I saw, of all things, I saw Starlight Express in Vegas, and it was great.
10: Hey, I liked it when I saw it here. No,
1: they changed it. It was much better in London, but they went right back to the London roots, and it was wonderful there. (laughs) I just couldn't believe it. It
0: was better in in Vegas. Well, it's
10: very suited for that area.
0: Yeah. Well, (laughs) well, thanks for being so wonderfully suitable for us Ah, on 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 this Tony show. I'm getting better at them as the night goes on. Jeannie, thank you so much. It's been great. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your
3: attention?
0: Yes, let's have your attention. We've waited. We've waited almost three hours. But there's nothing like a nice bowl of guinness. <laughs> That's right. I don't know what that means, but okay. Um, Jeff Goodman has been with me this whole time since 9 o'clock tonight. He's been a wonderful co-host on this Tony show. Let me out. A <laughs> <laughs> couple more minutes. We have two more categories to go. They're the big ones. Uh, actually, let me do some of the thank yous, up okay. first. Okay, so got to thank, again, Jeff Goodman. You got to thank me. Yeah. Because you couldn't do it without me. I mean, we had, we had two phone calls, okay? I, aside from all the people calling in, we had one cat from, I think, Levittown who said she loves you. She she's gonna listen, was listening What's to the whole show to because love? of you. Huh? What's not to love? What's not to love? Then someone called in for me, but it was a relative. So <laughs> <laughs> And did they love you? Yes. They, she, and did I, they love me? Yeah. In fact, I've been married to, to her for eight and a half years, so she better, her. And I love her, too, For my wonderful and beautiful wife, Joyce so and uh, we all yeah. like Joyce yeah, yeah she's great Joyce yeah. is wonderful she is um, and, who else and, and she has the kids at home <laughs> well the, the two dogs yeah right <laughs> evil vicious guard dogs you know the, the inner sanctum of the Lefkowitz kingdom <laughs> guarded by two beautiful dachshunds anyway and, and hey to uh, to Ufti and Murray if you're listening in <laughs> and and don't forget Minuteman Press you'll let Minuteman Press MortgagesRock.com and Performing Arts Insider Theater Magazine I want to thank also some of the great folks who've, who've uh being on the phone or with us today, Eva Heinemann, Charlie Gross, Rosalind Friedman, Jeffrey Sweet, Jeannie Lieberman, uh, Iris Dorbian, Simon Saltzman, and, of course, Tony-nominated actor Danny Burstyn. Uh, that was, was just
1: too exciting, wasn't
0: it? Well, yeah, Well, I'm building up the suspense. This is the wait part, as as we oh, heard so. Patti LuPone sing from Swingy Todd. We've well, got to thank also Heath Schwartz at Bono Brian Brown for his help. Uh, thank you to Bonnie D. Graham, uh, who has a uh, a show on Friday nights on WGBB? How her about Joyce t- Keller? Well, her too. Her show is on Wednesday nights. Oh, Bonnie wow. D- Graham is Friday night at six. It's called Long Island Dating. Joyce Keller is on Wednesday nights at eleven. She's the radio psychic and has been on this station for many years. I think about eighteen years. And they both. Uh, you know, we're very nice about supporting this show and giving me promos so give it a little something back to them I want to thank again station manager Jeff Lowe program director Tom, Roy, Tom Ross pardon me and um, uh, now drumroll two categories to get through with Jeff Goodman best play history boys Ball- Alan Bennett Lieutenant of Inishmore by Martin McDonough rabbit hole David Lindsay-Bear
1: and Shining City by Connor McPherson Jeff, your thoughts? Rabbit hole, rabbit hole, rabbit hole. I, I like Rabbit hole. I really love Rabbit hole. It, it, History Boys is good, but Rabbit Hole moved
0: me. Agre- yeah. I don't know if Rabbit Hole quite moved me, but it held me more than History Boys, where I went in and out and kind of waited for it all to pull together. And it never really did. I mean, it, it do- does. And it's a very smart
1: play. And right. funny. But you rabbit feel hole more intelligent when you leave
0: because <coughs> we've just seen a lovely English play. Right. Yeah. And going from that to the musicals. Well, actually, no, I wanted to say a little bit oh, more okay, about first play, but, but also the, the fact of, of Lindsay Bear's growth as a playwright. And I've, I've said oh, this on past yeah. episodes. The fact that in his earlier plays, which got some notoriety, like Fuddy Mears and Wonder of the World, there were these, these dark sort of weird farces. They had some human element, but they're also kind of crazy, and I don't think they all worked. And this one was a, such a different change of pace. Mm-hmm. Rabbit Hole was yes, yes. that. I mean, it's not going to win. You know, History's Boys is going to win. Oh, I know. But I, I would really kind of like to see Rabbit Hole take. Me too. It. Please, please, let's have a little upset. Okay. Yeah. Well, it would be a pretty big upset because Inishmore would be the other, the other real mm, contender there. The critics loved Inishmore. Mm-hmm. I thought it was not as funny as I wanted it to be. You know, it, it was well. But it was shocking. Uh, you know what? You know the, the scene in Monty Python of the Holy Ruby. Grail where they cut off the uh, the legs and stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That was shocking, funny twenty five years ago. Right. This is okay, so they're cutting up body parts on stage. Shocking, but okay. Eh. okay so now on best musical, and to
1: lighter stuff. We have The Wedding Singer, uh, Dr- Jersey Boys, Drowsy Chaperone, and The Color Purple for best musical. All of which I really liked. Because it was such a change of pace. Well, maybe not so much the color purple. But I I kinda hope that we have the same thing as we had last year where all four musicals are still running to this day
0: and one is closing in July. Well yeah, I'm not trying I need the wedding singer to run that much or certainly not color purple, but Well, Wedding Singer is just fun. It's just a good I just didn't like it. I was bored. Well, really then you don't have to go anymore. Well, yeah. Well, not as bored as I was for Color Purple. Now, now I was just marking time on the old watch. <laughs> When's this over? Now, Jersey Boys does a wonderful job of what it is. But yeah. it is a jukebox musical. One of the best. And, and fabulously directed. And a great time at the theater. But I didn't have it a great directs, time yeah. as,
1: as other people were. Oh, I had a really good time. But I just don't think it deserves to be best musical because it's not the best musical. Not the original new mm-hmm. best thing. And that's And that's why it just all falls that the big winner is going to be... Drowsy, Drowsy chaperone. chaperone. Oh, well. So, mark our words, and we'll be here next week.
0: <laughs> yes, for another three hours. No, I, I don't think so, but I will be here next week from... Uh, definitely from 11 to midnight with and my usual I, show. And if my picks are right, I'll be here next week to gloat. Yeah, okay. That's all we we'll look for you You're now. invited back, and, and I might be on at 10 also. So, so, check in on AM 1240 WGBB, and... Um, on the internet at am1240wgbb.com for Dave's Gone By next week at 11, next Sunday. This has been wonderful. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to, as I said, to all the wonderful guests who called in, to my co host Jeff Goodman. I hope you liked it. Let me know what you thought. Write to me, Dave's Gone By at com. That's D A V as in Victor, E S, Gone By at AOL.com. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't guarantee I'll write you, especially if you're an nasty. But if you have any if comments Nancy, I write back. or ideas for next year's big Tony show, send them to me, Dave's Gone By naol dot com, and check out my website, davesgoneby.org. By dot org. Thank you so much to everyone. Thanks also to David Hinckley for giving us that lovely mention in the Daily News. Um, watch the Tonys—they're next Sunday from uh, eight on to eleven CBS. on CBS TV. and uh, listen to me next right, next week right after the Tonys. Go to the theater because, because they will end just before your show begins. <laughs> exactly, perfectly, right on time. And, and as I said, just, just I know it's expensive, but there are ways to th- see theater inexpensively, and it's, it's important. It's a good cultural thing to do for yourself, for your family, for your friends. Go see a Broadway show. That's right. Have a good night, everybody.